0: This is the Joy of Gaming.
1: Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast. My name is Rich Lepore.
0: And I'm Jordan Alseca.
1: And we are here for an impromptu discussion. Too much has happened for us not to to hop on a call and, and talk about some games, Jordan. Let's do it. Um. Anyway, so there's a couple things we want to talk about. And the biggest thing, obviously, is next gen. Or, I mean, th- that, that word is kind of obsolete, next gen, right? Current gen, new gen. Like, now we're in between. Uh, it's crazy. But the thing that they're calling next gen, which is essentially series S slash X as well as the PS five. So we'll talk all about that. Both of us have some new consoles to, to, uh, that we've been, you know, running through their paces and enjoying Jordan got a new TV. He's in the four K age now. (laughs) So that kind of changes everything also, right? Everything becomes beautiful. Um, with that nice, with that sweet, sweet, uh, Samsung Q, uh, Q 90 upscaling. Right. Um, and, uh, and then uh, we're also going to talk about the Game Awards, which, which just happened. And so the Game Awards, as you may know, uh, involves kind of is kind of twofold, right? Half of it is what does the industry think were the biggest games this year? There's, you know, it's always flawed. Every reward show it, award show is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, theoretically, you know, Giant Bomb and Polygon and Kotaku, I would assume, and all of the different, um, you know, media outlets vote. And then ultimately gets tallied. Jeff Keeley gets on stage or a virtual stage, talks about who won in a bunch of categories. A couple people are happy. Most people are pissed, um, and that and 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 things move on. And, and then, then and, go
0: ahead. Oh, I was just saying. Then the reason, the real reason people watch all the trailers and reveals. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to
1: say. That's that's sort of the twofold part. Is the, is, the is ga- what you just said? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Game Awards are flawed. Is is a generous way to put it? But I mean, really, every every publication under the sun is going to do their own rewards and or their own awards. And, you know, people ultimately, I mean, you could say the same for film and TV, but the game awards, and we'll talk about this, have a a desperate desire for legitimacy from somebody that, you know, is ill-defined at best. And uh, I feel like that was definitely on display this year. Uh, Which we get into.
1: So I actually didn't watch live. I checked out all of the trailers and stuff afterwards and I read like through the list of who won what and saw a couple clips here and there. But Jim, but I didn't actually watch it. Sounds like you did. So that's even more interesting.
0: Yeah. Um it was uh it was something. So, you know, we just talk a little bit about that. I mean, we're not gonna go super in depth on every single category um or every single announcement, but you know, I kinda have a list of the interesting things and awesome. um, I did, you know, just figured go through what was there.
1: Well, I'm going to let you lead that discussion then, um, and uh, why don't you kick off with your list? What do you think we should talk about?
0: Uh, so, uh, obviously the big thing, and I, like I said before, I, I think for most people, game the Game Awards come down to the trailers. I don't remember winners typically, but you know what still sticks in my head is the whole Moby Dick Games <laughs> Kojima yep. event yep. from like 2014.
1: Yep, I sure remember that too, yep.
0: Um, I remember two years ago when they announced Joker for Smash. It's like the news is more what I think of with the Game Awards just because it is a big event. I mean, outside of E3, which didn't really happen this year, it's it's one of the best places to promote some big new project.
1: It, it definitely is. And obviously the last opportunity of the year as well, um, which is also interesting. So if anything like kind of pushed... Uh, through any of the other big events, then then it lands at the Game Rewards. Obviously, some of that stuff's planned from the beginning. Some of it's not. Um, I, I Anyway, well, so what were some of the interesting things that, that got announced this year?
0: Well, the biggest one, and I'll, I'll be honest, the biggest one going into it, and the, the legitimately the reason I watched the show at all, uh, was that they did announce the next Smash Brothers DLC character. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: okay, the game that keeps on giving, man. Wow.
0: Yeah, we're two years out from release. Yeah. Um, and Sephiroth was announced as the 8th? ninth DLC character? I'm trying okay. to remember exactly where are we're they at. Gonna no, have, are yeah. they going to
1: have a third batch? It sounds like they got to, right?
0: It's, it's one of those things, um, you know, it, 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 the money keeps coming if people are still buying the characters... Um, and the hype's always there. People still love Smash. For all the, all the community issues and, and Nintendo versus digital versus, you know, game competitions that's been happening this year, people still love the games. Yeah. So Well, here's uh, the interesting
1: thing to me. I, 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 like you just said, if people still buy the characters, you, you, you jogged my brain into thinking about the fact that adding a character to Smash in terms of, like, amount of work to dollars is infinitely more profitable than making Smash. I mean, they. You know what I mean? We're talking about what did it launch with? Forty-eight characters or something stupid like that? Uh,
0: I believe seventy-three was the.
1: Oh my god! It launched with.
0: I believe it launched with seventy-three characters. That's insane!
1: That's insane! So then think about like adding nine. That's like like a little over ten percent more. And and it's probably to have all that DLC was at least as expensive as buying the game in the first place, right?
0: Yeah, we're close. It. it I. If you bought both packs of DLC characters. Um, I think if you bought them as packs, it was like would be fifty dollars total, right? Okay, now. so very close.
1: And okay, seventy-four
0: out of the box, and they're up to I guess uh, eighty-three characters. Insane,
1: insane. And 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 you know I have heard there's been and this might be something you, you can shed some light on. There's been some like. Characters that just never that are not tournament acceptable. Uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, the Dragon Quest dude. Like he's just like totally broken, and some other ones might be broken. What what is that all about?
0: I mean, every character has different. Um, well, I mean they're unique, and and the fact that they're still able to turn out new unique characters eighty three deep uh, is impressive. But yeah, heroes hero from Dragon Quest's whole thing is that he has a random. He he can. I forget the exact move, but he has a move where he can open a menu of four different attacks, but they're randomized when you open it, and it's from a pool of, like, 32 moves. Oh, wow. And so it can be stuff like a one-hit KO, or a healing move, or a summoned hatchet man. I mean, it's 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 a matter of, there's just a lot of randomness to the characters. And he has a move that, yeah, if you just... I, I don't know exactly where it's at with patches or competitively, but I remember when it, he came out, there was, like, a like one in 32 chance that you could just immediately smash it at the start of a match and like get a KO off because it was like an instant kill move. So stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, that's the push and pull of smash mainly, you know, in the past they made a super competitive game without really intending to with melee. And then they kind of, they tried to walk that back with brawl with stuff like random tripping because it was supposed to be a party game, but obviously that, isn't what people ended up loving smash brothers for. So it's moved more towards a middle, a middle ground since then. But mm-hmm. the characters that come out are, you know, they, they try to, they stay true to the character as they appear. Um, Minecraft. Steve was crazy overpowered when he launched. Um, and so it's a balancing game with 83 characters. There, there's probably never going to be a perfect balance. You know, yeah. it's, it's just the numbers are too high.
1: So so uh what do you think of Sephiroth? Is he, is that exciting?
0: It wasn't exciting to me, but it was exciting in the sense that it was completely out of left field. Yes, Cloud's already in the game. This is the third Square Enix character, but I I don't, no one's been out there clamoring for Sephiroth. Okay. But you know, I I don't think I've ever seen Sephiroth on one of the lists outside of maybe when Cloud first got announced, and it makes sense. There is there is a there is a trend towards giving the, the hero characters their rival, which has come up with a lot of the characters in the past. But it's just... when I mean, the lists are all the same at this point. People want Sora, people want Gino. people want Waluigi, people want Crash Bandicoot, um... And so every time a new character hype starts to build, those are the names you see over and over again. And everybody has their ones. I want to see Master Chief. That would be my, like, one pick. If I could pick anybody to join Smash, I'd love to see Master Chief in Smash. And it's not yeah. outside the realm of possibility no. when you see all of the things they have pulled off.
1: And all the, cro- yeah, all the crossovers with Microsoft in particular, like Will-O-The-Wisps, etc., it's it's it really is starting to be move more and more into that direction it seems like microsoft with every sort of year that passes they get closer and closer to this idea of you know not as not as console specific ps5 on the other hand has gone like deeper and deeper into that well whereas it seems like uh xbox has you know and they'll get dragged out sometimes they have to make certain games cross compatible like Fortnite and stuff but but for the most part they'd rather be exclusive whereas xbox has pc and you know X Cloud now and and it and there there's what you know, there was even rumors that we going to have like game pass on switch i know that's not happening but you know it's just those lines are really being blurred it's interesting
0: yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's something we'll get to when we talk the con- the new consoles, but, you know, Microsoft in general is trending away from the idea of the dedicated, you know, single, like, single skew of gaming is here. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they argued it's really always been that because of PC, but this generation, more than ever, it's just, like, getting rid of those boundaries. Um, yeah,
1: which, for better or worse, but, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Again, we'll talk about it when I want to... Uh, so 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 Sephiroth was kind of interesting for some people, not so much for you left field pick though so
0: i mean I'll, other- I'll get him and yeah. i i'm always i'm of the i'll I'm of get him
1: <laughs> i'll get him
0: I'm just of the mind um that you know some of my favorite characters the, the, the characters I'm most excited about as a character are not always my favorite to play, and vice versa so I mean Sephiroth's middle ground he's not someone I'm like oh. It's, it's not like when Byleth got announced. It is a surprising really? pick. It's yeah. the potential to add a lot, finally get a lot more Final Fantasy music if Square Enix lets go of the the, the throttle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll play him, and he might be fun. He looks fun from the little bit seen in the video, and he's supposed to be out this month, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, the most left-field thing to me was, um, let's do a reboot that looks... Nothing like the game that it's rebooting? Would
1: that be Perfect Dark?
0: That would be Perfect Dark. I didn't yeah. know what to think about that when they were like, oh,
1: it's Perfect Dark. And I was like, is it? Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing about for, for me with Perfect Dark. So I didn't play the original. I wasn't a big GoldenEye fan. I, I appreciate it, but I'm not a fan myself. Um, didn't really play the original Perfect Dark. But I'm one of like that closet group or that very small group of people who loves Perfect Dark Zero. I think I've talked about that at some point. Yeah, so, I think like, so. I was all about that, in large part because, like, for the same reason, a lot of people love Cameo. You know, it's like one of and Call of Duty Two. Like these were all games that came out with Xbox 360 and condemned the original Criminal Origins. Like these are all games that, like, when I first played them on Xbox 360, my mind was blown and I was like, "This is so fun and colorful and inviting." So I just loved that game. Now I went back to play it recently with that whole Rare collection and, like, I couldn't dig it. I just was sure. digging it, but I tried. Um, but you know, I, I have good feelings about the franchise be- for in the, for the weirdest reason. Um, I really don't think anybody knows why they love Perfect Dark. Like, I think, I mean, I think if anybody went back and played that game, yeah, I, you know, it was revolutionary and it was what eight player or some silly thing like that where you could two people could play on one controller or some nuttiness like that. I think it had, but but overall, like, does anybody really love like Jordana Dark or whatever her name is, Joanna? Like, <laughs> Joanna Dark, is that like, is that like somebody's favorite character? Like, she's not you like know. that. You know what I mean? And and, and so mean, what is the nostalgia even there?
0: I don't know. You know, it's a recognizable brand, and sometimes that's all yeah. you need. But to me, I, again, I don't really have any nostalgia for Perfect Dark either. I've played both of them a little. Um, yeah. But, you know, if it is a true reinvention, maybe there are going to be things, you know, we haven't seen yet. It is. It does seem wildly different. Content-wise, but it could have those familiar elements that people... What
1: does an eco-shooter mean, or whatever? I I have no idea. environmental shooter, or something like that.
0: I think the the big problem with a lot of the trailers from the night is that they were cinematic, so it's hard to really tell. Who who Um, the fuck knows what it is? This could be Joanna Dark's Tomb Raider 2013. It could be a reinvention that, like... Makes the series relevant in a way it hasn't been, obviously ever. I, I mean, since Honestly, maybe the first I think publisher. that's
1: fair. No, I think that's fair. I think ever is fair. Um, it's just it's just built up this like this cachet over the years, kind of for unfounded reasons. But I'm cool with that. Like I said, like I don't hate Perfect Dark. I know other people who are like talking about how much they love Perfect Dark. Great, man. You know, and I hope this turns out for them. It's, I'll tell you what. Again, Microsoft needs some new IP. Now, granted, we know they're coming. What did they? What do they have? Like seventeen new development houses mm-hmm. under their umbrella? Not to mention Bethesda, but um, all of we, you know a lot of which has happened since we even last talked, especially Bethesda. I mean, they're going to have um, their own IP, but man, they don't right now. Um, and so, anyway.
0: Um. That was the first of what I, I well, there might be more. I, I haven't fully gone back through the list, but the first of at least three weird, weird revivals okay. um, of sorts. Because the other one, and this one had a gameplay trailer, was Turtle Rock just done made Left for Dead again. <laughs> back for Blood just is straight up Left for Dead, um, and it was uh, it's the sort of thing where they'd said that much ahead of time because, like, it's the type of game they make, but. To actually see the footage, it's the sort of game that looks like they would get sued for it if they hadn't, I'm sure, already, like, cleared stuff with Valve beforehand. Yeah. Uh, because it do, just do they yell like...
1: Out. Do they yell out, pills over there?
0: Not not as of yet. I'm sure there is something, but when you, like, just from the first shot of the safe rube, to um, you know, the way the characters interact, to the, the look of the enemies, it's just, it feels like they barely shaved the serial numbers off of this one. <laughs> uh, and I That's get a it. analogy. Evolve was not the game they wanted it to be, um, but it was just weird seeing what was essentially Left 4 Dead 3, and it, it, which is a game you know Valve has no interest in making. I don't know that Valve really has interest in making games anymore, because um, they don't. I mean, they don't have to really. But uh, yeah, it was just a wild, wild game to see.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Um, and so I said that. I said that with a lot of nostalgia for Left 4 Dead. I'll probably play yeah. this. It's just it's it's yeah, wildly I'm
1: surprised you're not you're not all over some uh some World War Z man.
0: You know, I've heard good things about it, but I just haven't uh I just haven't I haven't I haven't like been
1: I think it's on Game Pass or at least it was. I played it. Um and it's it's okay. I think it's a little bit missing that secret sauce, but not to, not not
0: surprisingly. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So. Um and then the last kind of throwback to what I you know I would say yeah the 360 era that felt that really jumped out to me was uh, the Callisto Protocol which is a new game from the creator of Dead Space.
1: Oh hmm. yeah, the PUBG game.
0: Yeah, and that's the weird thing. It is it is set in the PUBG universe. Which... <laughs> I don't know what that means, really. But um, it looks like a fun horror game.
1: I mean I'm cool with it. If that's what they need to do to get the Dead Space Four made and not have it be Dead Space Four, I hope, but rather be like Dead Space Two, like the new Dead Space Three, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Um but that looks that looks hopefully fun. Um I'm trying to think. Annapurna Interactive and Fulbright showed off open roads, which is, you know, a very small injury looking game about a mother daughter road trip, but I, I think looks interesting.
1: By the way, did you play I, I bet you haven't. Maybe you have. Um, 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 oh man, I'm blanking on. It. I just played it too. Uh, the one in the spaceship. Oh, Tacoma. Yeah, did you play it?
0: I have not played Tacoma yet. It's quite good. It's I. Quite I good. That's what I've always heard. It's it's on my list. It was more. Um... I loved Gone Home, but I, I, the setting of Gone Home, and, and not that Tacoma setting is uninteresting, I just, it, it just hasn't happened yet, but I would like to. Yeah, no, no, no,
1: exactly, I had the same kind of, not, I wouldn't say trepidation, but I, I was just like, I put it off for years, and then finally, I think it was leaving Game Pass, and I was like, fuck, like, that is like, on my top three of things I want to play while they're on Game Pass, so I went Mm -hmm. and played it, like, on a, on a race, and I really enjoyed it, it's, it's, it's good, um you know in in its way it's not like like they don't make games that are super loud they make games that are somewhat loud by being soft if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's cool it's cool and i have a feeling that open road or roads will be cool as well
0: yeah um Disco Elysium Final Cut was announced, which is going to add full voiceover and, you know, come to consoles.
1: Is that it? Wait, so it was not on consoles before then? I, I kind of lost track after I bought it on PC.
0: Yeah, I haven't been super keeping up with it. I don't think it has made it to consoles yet, because I think I it would have so made more of a splash. But I'm excited to finally play it once it is yeah. on consoles.
1: Yeah, man, um, I'm going to have to probably rebuy it at that point, because I'm going to want to play that Final Cut, man.
0: Um, let's see. We got an overlay. You, you probably wouldn't have watched this, but there was a ridiculously long Crimson Desert gameplay trailer. No, uh, I did not
1: see it. What is that all about?
0: It's it's an MMO, I guess, or no, it's an open world action adventure game. I guess it's not an MMO, but mm-hmm. it just it really had a lot of languishing footage of like long shots, and uh, it didn't. It, it was a it was it was not a great trailer.
1: Hey, you know, you just reminded me of something I do want to bring up. Um, do you remember from uh, E3 or some one of those places that game Little Devil Inside or whatever? Have you seen that trailer?
0: That sounds vaguely familiar.
1: It's like it's like there's a there's like a butler and he's on a toilet going to the bathroom with a newspaper and it's in this super like artistic comic booky style and then there's like a guy who's like out in the wilderness like fighting in the desert and it's got the most beautiful art you've ever seen and and it was anyway it, it's just one of those weird games I still have no idea what it's going to be but it was so cool looking it was one of the big ones that everybody was super hyped about I think about after E3 but anyway mm um that's what you just reminded me of that we'll have to talk no, about fair. it when we learn more
0: yeah um i'm trying to see any other big things uh i'm not super excited for it but it certainly grabbed attention arc 2 got announced oh with god diesel. it
1: looks like shit why does it look like shit dude i love vin diesel i even liked bloodshot i like fast and furious i like riddick i like vin diesel period i even used to like triple x a lot and I look at him wearing that weird tribal necklace hanging out with that girl with a spear in his hand. And I'm just like, this looks lame. I hope it, it's not.
0: The the realism, it's one of those uncanny valley things. Because it looks just too hyper real on mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: It just looks weird. It's like, I because you know what the normal, you've seen it a thousand times with the normal cover to Trump Survival Evolved. Looks, uh, Trump? Oh my god. Ark Survival <laughs> Evolved. Um, that was weird, um, (laughs) arc, arc survival evolved looked like, and it was, it was like a girl, it was like a woman on a velociraptor or something. And like, she looks artistic, like it's a, it's an artistic art style. Um, and then, and then now this is super, yeah, I didn't, I didn't put my finger on it until you just said that, that that is the uncanny valley that really fucks that, that up.
0: It's a weird version too, because it's not, it, 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 it looks realistic, but I think it's the fact that he looks so much like Vin Diesel, um. Whereas everyone else looks still like a video game character,
1: that may be it, or like, just the fact that he looks like so much like Vin Diesel, and everything Vin Diesel is ever in is hyper modern. That's another. Yeah, part
0: of it. I, I I don't know. Like the thing, this is the comparison I made when I was watching. Um, with a friend was that like a game like, and I'm going to talk about this one later, Jedi Fallen Order. Right, has you know, game capture, and the characters look a lot like the the actors, like by intention, but they don't look. They just don't look that real. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And I mean, that's power to the power of the next generation, but it's, it's one of those weird things. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the biggest other things really, um, you know, there were a bunch more trailers for things we'd already seen in the past. Yeah. Um, but the the big two for a lot of people were we got new information, sort of. We got teasers for Dragon Age and Mass Effect.
1: I'd be so much more excited if there hadn't just been like a mass exodus at the studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that bows. Well, you heard this, right? That yeah. Like Casey Hudson's out. So is, I think Mark Lay- no No, Layla- is it Layla who just left too? I all I know is like everybody that works on everything. I think, no, I think Layla may have already left. And now you've got Casey Hudson leaving and the main writer for dragon age is leaving. Um, And so you, the guy who did um, mass effect and the guy who was writing dragon age, both just bounced. So I just I, that doesn't bode well. Um, maybe they just need new blood. I mean, that's what Casey Hudson said. He said like the place is in good shape, <laughs> um, and uh, you know I want to move out and make room for for young talent to move up. Okay, yeah. I kind of b- don't believe you, but all right.
0: No, yeah, it's um, I mean, hopefully a new generation of. Assumedly, I mean, and and that's the thing um, because I'm on Twitter with a lot of now, now younger people. Dragon Age struck a chord with a lot of people that are now coming up in the industry. Same with Mass Effect, um, and obviously it did with older gamers too. But like the the, the degree of like Tumblr, Tumblr fandom and like real intense connections. So for I, what? I think for Dragon Age for Dragon Age and 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 more Dragon Age than Mass Effect. But I think both of them had that um, you know inscrutable if you're not a teen when it comes out type of reaction. Oh uh, wow,
1: I, I I don't I don't see that at all. I mean, I, I believe you. Um, but I have like not been exposed to that at all. I know there's people that are really into it, but like isn't Mass Effect like like at least five X more popular than Dragon Age?
0: Um, I mean again, it depends on the crowd. Mm. I'm sh- I don't yeah. know. I think I think recently Dragon Age probably has more love. Inquisition is sure. a better sure. hit than Andromeda at the, and I mean you know, Mass Effect sure. now is if you don't count Andromeda, it's been what, eight years? nine yeah. years
1: and 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 they so. what they're saying and i think that the word is this is going to be a direct story sequel or at least a not a story sequel but a but a continuation in the same time period and sort of like feel of of mass effect 3 um which is great i mean i that that's what they, i can't believe they decided to not do that last time they were just like yeah let's like for no reason just go way off and just like start something new and then not do it
0: well i don't know Gonna I mean, be I'm sure their their goal was not to not course, do it well. Of but...
1: course, I added that for 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 our. our and the benefit. point.
0: I mean, you know, Mass Effect Three was supposed to be the ending, so I mean, I get the impulse. Um, if it didn't work out, that's unfortunate. But I mean, these trailers, these teasers, didn't really tell us much of anything. Um, other than that, these are games that exist. You know, it's sort of like when, um, what was it, two E threes ago that that um, Bethesda was like. Skyrim and Starfield exist.
1: Yep, that's right. Or
0: not that's Skyrim. It's been happening more but...
1: and more. It's been happening more and more. And we have no idea when we're gonna get Starfield. Probably probably 2022, if I had to guess. And that's like optimistic.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That that's the thing. And I've been seeing that a lot more where studios just kind of state the obvious and people lose their minds. And I'm like, I mean, I guess it's nice to be confirmed because you never know till you know, but I'm also like you know, IO Interactive announcing that they're working on Hitman Three is like, sure. I mean, uh, not announcing, but you know, because it's obviously about to come out. But you know, them announcing they're working on a James Bond game—that's out of left field. That's an announcement,
1: right? Right. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. I think I think more and now that it's happened more and more, it's not as fun. But it, it was even with the Starfield, you know, a couple years ago, and and
0: and that yeah. was fair. In fairness, I'm talking yeah, more Elder Scrolls than Sky, Starfield. That was obviously. That's a new oh, thing. But even more than that, what I'm
1: saying is that as more and more games have done that, like announcing it way, way, way in advance, it's getting like more and more annoying. But I think for something like Elder Scrolls and, you know, it's, it's just kind of like at least we know they're working on it. Like, like it, it's not that they're just never going to make it. It's not that they're going to rest on their laurels and say we have ESO. That's where that's our Elder Scrolls game. We have Blades. That's our Elder Scrolls game. We're doing Starfield or whatever the space game that we all knew was coming. Um and and you know, Elder Scrolls maybe we'll get to it someday. Maybe not. You know, and that's that's the thing that you know, I think is good to hear it concrete. Same thing with Rocksteady games. We all knew they were making something, but we were waiting and waiting and waiting for them to confirm. What the fuck are you I, making? You I know? think
0: that is, you know, that's a fair perspective. And when I think about something like the fact that T- GTA Six trends on Twitter every single time. Rockstar announces <laughs> anything for GTA Online. Yeah, I get it. If, if that would be a big deal, if if um, uh, Rockstar finally said yes, we're making GTA. Even though you're absolutely
1: right. Now that you say it, of course they are.
0: I mean, I don't. I mean, with them, I don't know.
1: <laughs> there you go, though. There you go. That's exactly that's the thing. The point. That's the yeah. thing,
0: right? Because they're may a studio be, that not. has created an online component that that pays more money they don't need like they added a new island to gta 5 a 70 year old game this week
1: they did not
0: yes they added a whole new island with a new heist um i mean they've been updating that game constantly but yes they added new landmass to gta uh, 5
1: that's unbelievable that blows my that blows my brain out i don't even know what to tell you about that
0: yeah Um, So Rockstar never has to... I mean, I think that's what they want want with Red Dead, obviously. They want the online to be this ongoing money generation machine.
1: Kind of not happening at the same time.
0: Yeah, but... um, So those were all the biggest announcements. I mean, there were other small things, but um, unless you had anything specific you thought was worth mentioning. No, I think that's Um, good.
1: Let's hear about the awards, um, aside from the fact that you think Hades got robbed. I saw that on Twitter.
0: I mean, my overall take... Uh, my biggest takeaway was that Jeff, Jeff Kelly needed someone to dress him better. Yeah, because yeah. those sh- I liked the shoes, but they did not go with an all-black outfit. He looked terrible. I don't know. I mean, um, no, it, that was a small thing. It's just literally the first thing my eyes caught. Um, I'm not going to go too in depth. I think that, that, that my biggest takeaways were there is a degree to which gaming. As a medium, and I'm I'm totally fine with this. Has has evolved in such a way that it is not. I did it. was never entirely invested in my interests. But when you see so many streaming awards and you see so many esports awards and like Twitch based awards, it's like there, there's definitely which is good. A recognition of of what is keeping gaming going as a culture, even if I'm yeah. not into
1: it right. into it
0: as much. Like there were a lot of awards that I was just like, okay, I don't know who any of these people are um
1: i every year that happens for me every single year they do the shoutcasters and the and the you know influencer awards and the other thing that's weird about those awards because it's kind of like local elections because they're so like it's so niche in so many ways even still like you can have somebody like um what's his name um uh greg uh or oreo oration greg miller he he actually like got Andrea Renee like he started a whole campaign for her to be like like web influencer of the year and he just like made that happen for her not that she's not talented I'm sure she is but but it's just like you know you can he he just used his pulpit to make that happen so, to some extent these it's just who does the best, and sometimes they're grassroots sometimes it's like a, a, a group's fandom does that for them and that's and that's valid but it's just it's just a weird thing like who is picked and who isn't and do I think it's a true meritocracy probably not, although I'm not tuned in enough to know you know it's just there's a lot there, that's a that's a big it's a big subject that i'm totally um, not qualified to talk about, but it's sure
0: no and I like again with a lot of these. Not do I don't want to get super in depth on yeah, the, yeah. the side of things um, in gaming because I don't know the, the landscape. But what I do know is I, I feel like ever since Roger Ebert wrote that video games aren't art, oh. um, there has just been a contingency that I think is among most of the the people that certainly that do the Game Awards, the Jeff Keeley types that put these things together. There is this desperation to prove to film people i guess that you know games are something more um and i don't even know what that means other than i guess you know actually i know exactly what it means games can be like films is this 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 pervasive feeling that it feels like not every year obviously sekiro won last year for game of the year but anytime there's one of these big studio games that's like a triple a feature um that's known for its you know b- b- capital letters deep story mm-hmm. it See, just gets a little the
1: the out out of problem hand. is the problem for us is i don't know about you i've played the first 5 or 6 hours of last of us part 2 i have not finished it so i haven't gotten to that last act that everybody talks about that's so fucking crazy i haven't um experience the incredible emotional, you know, turmoil that that game probably puts you through. But it goes back to and I don't want to sound like a broken record. I'm always saying this, but you know, games like that, they they cash in on, you know, making you really emotionally invested in things and then killing characters or putting them through terrible traumas. And 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 trying, you know, to some extent it's just because that that's what they think people think is art and maybe they're right, maybe not. And then on the other hand, it's also the idea that, like, that's how you bring out like deeper themes of humanity. You put, you take a character, you create them, and then you put them through the ringer, and then their humanity comes out the other end. Like, I think some people believe that, um, and maybe it's true to some extent. Like, you got to write conflict when you're writing, you know, good, good dramatic, well, you yeah. know, stories. But, but you know, that game. for for all intents and purposes, when I hear people talk about it, they're like, oh my god, that game broke my fucking heart. It was brutal and it was beautiful and it was wonderful and it was just you know, shredded me. Oh my, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like an emotional you know, uh, uh, thread ripper. And and that's what they, and they remember it for that reason. It was a fucking drama. You know? So I don't know. I haven't played it to the end.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. I... (sighs)
1: And I know you have other There's complicated feelings. There's
0: complicated feelings. I think you know if you were, uh, and I, I I I want to remove it from that. I don't think it's entirely removable. Yes, they're 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 political um, aspects, but
1: leave that aside. Position for the sake of this. that the
0: game yeah. puts in that I do think make it problematic. Although I haven't played it yet, I would like to at some point because I I'm definitely going typically through. typically am of the mind to you know play something as long as it's not like outright hate speech type stuff, but taking all of that aside, um, I've seen the impact the game has in that, like, I'm a big part of the comics community, obviously. And, you know, there's a difference between hardcore gaming gamers who, like, identify fully with gaming and then people that like gaming and come in and play the big games. Um, And that's not even saying, like, a difference between casual and hardcore. I'm not even trying to say that. I no, think there are people who are gamers who yes. just don't love it to the extent that, like, we people do. who do a gaming podcast or go yeah. to gaming conventions, you know. Right. Um. And The Last of Us definitely struck a chord. And I'm not saying it's not well written or that it didn't as deserve some of the awards it got. Like, I've seen the developers online talking about um, the, the level of work that went into the audio design or how much they considered the human eye or, you know, simulating um, vertigo and panic attacks. Um,
1: no, there's definite merit there, and and also just like the way that they create the world. I mean, if you look at Cyberpunk, and we'll talk about that, but like, and you look at all the different issues that game launched with, and then you and then you compare that. Obviously, it's not totally comparable. They're different scopes, but to, you know, Last of Us Part Two, they took exactly as long as they needed to make sure that came out like a polished diamond. Exactly what they wanted. Every minute and second of that game to be, it was, and it hit every note they wanted it to hit. Like it was a precise piece of art um, yeah. now now, it, whether I, I think it's fantastic or not is still up in the air but I do know that they put insane amounts of work into that game
0: yes and and you know that, that gets to another thing I'll bring up but mm. I, I think what's interesting again that game did capture the zeitgeist for a lot of people who just like games casually or, or less than like a super duper hardcore person but so did a game like Hades, which was an absolute darling online this pa- the past few months as well. So did, obviously, Animal Crossing. And I think you could make a, real, a legitimate argument for why Animal Crossing or Hades is, is like the, the, you know... I, I think in 2015 we said Overwatch, even if none of us picked it, was like the game of the year. Or 2016, whenever. It was, like, it was the game that like captured the consciousness in a way that was like immutable. Um, like you couldn't deny that if you think of 2016, Overwatch is the game, and I think that you could say that for Hades or Animal Crossing or Among Us. Like those I think are like things. I
1: think you could say it. I think you could say something close to that for Hades, Among Us, and Animal Crossing. I think you can truly say that about Animal Crossing. I think that's the only one that is undeniably um uh you know just just I, completely took over the world and i don't think from forget, a sales
0: perspective definitely the most but like among us has been like among it, us it, too among that's us why i didn't say Fall guys because they both blew up at the same time but you know among us has had a staying power that is insane yeah um,
1: and also all the memes and all that but then all it has anyway you some i mean nobody would have predicted that in about a million trillion years
0: um but, but but it's anyway. a product of the year. It, it I mean it didn't even come out this year. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. It is a product of the year that we got, and how how the way we interact with gaming evolved. But here's um,
1: here's the thing. I think though, Hades is, you know what I think. The thing that's that, that maybe strikes me the most about Hades, and I've played a good bit of it, but nowhere near enough to really comment on how great the story gets and all that. But it it it's it just is so much bigger than any game Supergiant has ever put out and it just like resonated so much harder and it 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 just it's just so much more than i think anybody expected that game to be but i don't think it hits the heights in terms of just like popular breakthroughness that Animal Crossing does or even to some extent among us. I don't think those are all in the same class. Although I'm sure I do, but get I would, the point. I get the point.
0: No, my point with Hades is more to compare it to The Last of Us, which I think is on the same level as Hades in terms yeah, of I do. The group. I, agree. I don't think Last of Us is a world-ender like people aren't talking about The Last of Us who don't give a shit about video games. Right. I um, exactly
1: agree. Exactly agree. I would, well, I would I certainly I certainly would say Animal Crossing blows Last of Us out of the water for,
0: for relevance. No question. And again, I'm I'm not saying that if someone played it and, and got that response it is wrong again I I come at it again I, again take the but I'm Palestinian so so the, the arguable politics of that game um, and it's kind of both sideziness it rubs me the wrong way at least from what I've heard of it I do want to play it I, I just it's been one of those things I haven't wanted to buy but again taking the emotional arc of the characters that people responded to and really I know people love Abby and they love Ellie and they, they love the arcs of the characters in that game I get it all that I'm not saying it, it shouldn't be a contender for Game of the Year, but the fact that it swept every conceivable category. You know, I mean, we compare these awards to something like the Oscars or the Emmys, but most of the time those awards do a better job of at least giving out the like participation trophy vibe with like the other categories. Um, and I just feel like anytime there's a game like Hades, and a game like The Last of Us Part II, which is this big cinematic, like deeper meaning game, it's like we have to look legitimate as a medium. Let's make sure this game gets um all of the accolades and I wouldn't even typically be that cynical about it, but then you have the f- the like the biggest film is art guy imaginable Chris Nolan present the game of the Year award, yeah, and it just feels so. There's just it. it uh, even outside of the Game Awards, there is this desperation for it to be accepted in a medium. When what's great about gaming is what it does unique. And I'm not saying they can't tell great stories. No, or that I, they yeah. Shouldn't. But a game like Hades does things that a movie or a TV show can't in terms of that that sort of gameplay loop. And so does The Last of Us. I'm not saying its gameplay isn't good. Although again, I've never found <laughs> a Naughty Dog it's okay. To-
1: it's OK. Great. It, it, um, it's, it's what I always call a groove game. It's like when you first start playing, it, it's like, wow, this is I'm just shooting an arrow and it's kind of like subpar stealth. And then as you play it and as you learn how to deal with the different enemies you fight and as you walk through the world and get into that rhythm, it lulls you into enjoyment. And that's kind of what I feel like that 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 game is in terms that, of like game fair. It's better than you think it is at first, in my opinion. But no, yeah, Uncharted
0: Two right right. is is the original Groove game, as far as you've defined it back right, when right. we talked about it. Right. Um, but uh, again, so I'm not I'm not inherently saying that it isn't deserving to be in those categories or even necessarily to win. But uh, this was a thing brought up in a Kotagu article where it's like when a game has such insane crunch. Seeing it win best direction feels a bit like they just kind of threw it at it. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have a game that had so much crunch, that that is a directional problem. That's a problem at the studio level. So, seeing it win that, it feels a bit like we're just trying to get this sense of legitimacy. And, you know, say award shows are as legitimate as you believe the people presenting the awards are. And how much you value their opinion. And everything's is, subjective. Just a like, thought.
1: Is is, is is crunch not more production problem? Like producers than directors, I don't know.
0: Um, I guess I mean, he's I'm not also super... a producer. Druckman yeah. may also
1: be a producer.
0: To be <laughs> Druckmann's Druckman's super high up in that yeah. company. It's yeah. like he's like not. He's
1: like the VP now. So yeah, yeah, that in that case, it's kind of a mood point. Continue.
0: And I mean, but yeah, my my overall thought is, it's like I'm not saying Hades would be my personal game of the year. Um, frankly, and I'm I'm not gonna say what I think mine would be. We might still do a game of the year episode. Oh, that Doing them, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, Hades would definitely be in my consideration. Yeah. So everything's subjective. Like, I mean, for me, Man Eaters in the running for Game of the Year listings. So <laughs> that's game and fun is fun, dude. Let, let, yeah, let that that's happen. the thing. Game. I mean, uh, games don't necessarily have to be no. super fun all the time. No. I'm not saying you can't but do you a just sad video game.
1: Eater. You just mentioned Man I
0: did. <laughs> yes. Um, so I don't know. It's just when you take all that stuff, when you take the way it swept and the awards it swept and the the like. Over the overly high presentation of like movie stars presenting awards, which isn't even inherently bad. I like obviously movies, <laughs> movie stars are people too, and I, I don't doubt that they like video games um, or that they play them. But it's just I, the game awards more than maybe they've ever done before felt like this grasp, this desperate grasp at legitimacy, which is so weird in a year where gaming is doing arguably better than it's ever done compared to film and television
1: influence infinitely more money than than film and television yeah it's insane like when you see the numbers like it's absolutely insane um there's no case that needs to be made there um except by people maybe like jeff keely and i don't really know you know here's the thing though and again there's it's a little bit of a black box so i don't fully understand how the voting works but i think there is at least an attempt to make it somewhat egalitarian and a lot of the websites that that i mean who do you go to if you want to have like you know the your 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 games you know your your game award voting who do you go to i mean the only people you, who do like the mystery writers of america when they're doing their mystery awards of the year of the best like mystery books best debut who who's on the panel the other writers you know yeah. and and they write about their peers and so i guess it's not the same because this isn't developers this is you know i i don't know i, I all i'm saying is like you know, a lot of a lot of uh, um, websites gave Last of Us really good reviews. There are two or three notable ones that didn't, um, but almost every other one
0: loved that game. So no, it, I'm not know, even denying. Yeah, obviously, sure. yeah, but that, I can't even fully begrudge the, the, the places you look for validation and validity are the sort of things that get ingrained, and it can be very hard to break. I'm someone who fully recognizes the both profitability. And growing importance of the book the traditional book market to comics and the growth of like creator-owned projects and the importance of independently owning your stuff. But for all of that, there's still a part of me that wants to write for a big two like ongoing and write in that trad- like monthly format, even though it's dying, because that is what I came up on. And I, I think for a lot of creators, there probably is this desire to be like, well, gaming in the 90s certainly wasn't as artistically capable as it is now. And so, especially after probably the two thousands and how much it's grown and then how much it's grown since then, I, I get where that impulse to like chase someone down and tell them, no, this matters comes from. But I just think to a certain level, there are certain, you're just never going to get satisfied. Um,
1: yeah. So any other review, any other uh, awards we want to talk about? So I'm looking at the list here and, um. Last of Us won a lot. Um, Final Fantasy Remake won Best Score in Music, probably pretty deservedly. Um, Lara Bailey for Abby. Again, I haven't gotten to her real main section of the game. Tell Me Why for Games for Impact. That's cool. I played that. Really liked it. Um, best Ongoing No Man's Sky. Holy fuck, really?
0: No Man's um, Sky's had a lot of growth. I They've know, really but, turned but that
1: game around. I, knew, I know that, but like Best Ongoing Game?
0: I mean... Let's look at the Apex Legends. Is I don't know that people talk about that anymore. So I think no, I mean I'm yeah. not saying it's still yeah. good. Yeah, it might but still Destiny be great. But Destiny Two
1: is a better ongoing game than No Man's Sky.
0: I, I I, just, Destiny Two had a rough year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that as someone who's got back into it in the past month and a half. But like the most, I know I remember reading about how people were complaining about the lack of stuff to do for most of this year. Of yeah, league. yeah, that's pretty much. And part awesome. of that that's comes down the- to them going independent you know, they're still trying to figure that out.
1: Yeah. And they're doing a good job at, from all I've heard with Europa and whatnot. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, which I don't even care about talking about that. And then Fortnite. <laughs> but like, where is Final Fantasy 14 at? Um, Where is ESO at? Where is Fallout 76 at? I'm just playing. Um, But like, I don't know. I just don't No Man's Sky is the best ongoing game. Really?
0: I think there's that weird distinction between what's an MMO, what's Oh. Not an MMO. Like Destiny 2, I think, skirts that line. But like, you know, something like Apex or Fortnite, honestly, most of these games outside of No Man's Sky and Destiny 2 are like those multiplayer like battle arena type games. Okay. Alright. So
1: well that's fine then. I do they have an MMO category? If they, they, don't, they don't they then that's then that's a huge omission. Anyway, so Game of the Year and Director is Last of Us. Um, Best Art Direction goes to Tsushima. Very well deserved, I'd say. I I like that game okay. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Man, not many games won these awards. Hades did win Best Indie and Best Action, man. What are you upset
0: about? I'm I'm not upset. I'm just saying No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean.
1: You're, you're, You're acting a little bit like Hades got played a little bit. And they won two awards.
0: That's pretty good. It, i think hades kind of became the totem because that game is so very good but like again i, I just a little more love spreading would have been nice i totally agree I I, totally no agree. no no award system is perfect
1: best family animal crossing so they spread the love that way a little bit best sports racing i'm sure you probably played tony hawk we didn't talk a lot about i did that. yeah really I'm enjoyed sure. it um phasmophobia but the debut game okay that's cool um whatever and then yeah okay i think we kind of oh most anticipated elden ring man does this does this awards show have like the biggest crush on on uh, dark souls likes or what or really just that 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 developer
0: from, from software from... yeah i mean i i honestly the only one i haven't enjoyed is bloodborne i keep bouncing off that game it's so crazy um, Although
1: you did you did you did uh like get a third of the way through Sekiro and kind of bounce too though. Oh no,
0: I got I got like three fourths of the way through Sekiro. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. I got bored with Sekiro because I, I that game I saw the code for. I just I got it. I saw the matrix.
1: That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy. And you must have really good reflexes because like, seeing the Matrix or not, like, one day I was playing, I played it a little bit. One day I'd be like, yeah, yeah, hitting it, hitting it. I got the groove. And then, like, the next day it would be, like, missing every prompt. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, I don't know. Something.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Sekiro- no, I really enjoyed Sekiro. Um, I mean, Dark Souls 3 is the only game I finished in that series, but I always like playing them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Elden Ring, though, I just can't. I mean, it's just so fascinating. Like, what the fuck is it going to be, man? Um, I just like dying to know. Like how much of a light touch is it gonna be because of and not that George R. R. Martin is like light, but like just because of that, uh there's gonna be more story more overtly, I'm almost certain. Um yeah. and there's gonna be like much more of like a fantasy vibe as opposed to like a like a horror vibe. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I just can't wait to see what it even is. I'm it's like it's a curiosity. Uh one, I mean, one more I'm actually about... curious.
0: I, I I had the list pulled up too, so I was gonna uh, where is that award? Which of those... Is that? Is that your most anticipated of those games?
1: Uh, let me look at the... Of those games. Um, I cannot believe they write Breath of the Wild sequel. <laughs> that's so unacceptable. I,
0: that's, um, what, that's what we got to go on. I know.
1: So here's what I would say. Of those, by far my two most anticipated... And this says something about like what I really value in, in games god of war sequel and horizon forbidden west almost equally I, although i would say god of war um the new god of war i think is 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 you know probably the most anticipated and when i say that it's not that when i think about that lore like i get the warm and fuzzies it's that i love playing that game
0: mm-hmm.
1: i almost want to go back to it just the way that that combat feels like it's just like that game is everything game should be in my mind in terms of like the way i like to play games Good story, not too overpowering. It, it revolutionized things, like the fact that like you'd get back in your boat, and then like he'd be like, where was I in that story I was just telling? Like, just really smart decisions like that. Anyway, I digress. Um, but I, yeah, I would say of those, it would be that. Is, what's yours? Yours, Village?
0: V- v- Village or Halo Infinite, of those games listed, would be the ones I'm most excited we got excited a split
1: for. going, man. we got a split. And then we're both eager to see what Elden Ring is, right?
0: I mean, I'm eager, but yeah. No, I mean, Halo Infinite, I... You know, I'm I'm fine with them taking the full year. I hope they don't have to, like, crunch on it. I thought, again, I I, I thought the game looked fine, but here we are. Um, I mean, you know, I'll tell
1: you what. Even if it looked fine, it clearly needs more time in the oven because they need to make that game, like, really awesome. And give it to them, you know? And that's also going to be a game that grows over time,
0: though, so that's another part of it. Yeah, we still don't know entirely what that game is going to look like, so I'm interested for that reason as well. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. And then Village is just... Resident Evil's been killing it. They've been killing it. So of course I'm excited for Village. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think I even saw some 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 place. Uh, oh yeah, IGN. Um, they actually called um, Resident Evil Three like one of the best action games of the year. And I, and and I was re- I read the little snippet about it because IGN just did their award announcements for mm-hmm. categories. And I read the snippet and it was just like it may have been short, but man, it was sharp and sweet and fun. And I was like, wow, man, even that game's getting I mean, love.
0: I played through it like five times. I know uh, it, you
1: loved it, but like you know what I mean. It was definitely a little yeah. more compared to 2.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, All I right, think then. that was baked in based on be- the re- the games they were remaking. Because, I mean, that's the case of in back in the 90s.
1: Right. True. Very true. Awesome. So what, what do you say we talk about next gen?
0: Yeah, let's hit it up.
1: Awesome. So I'm going to set the stage a little bit. Um, I uh, – this is the first time – um, I've ever been able to get both of the new next-gen consoles like when they came out day and date. I um, was able to get pre-orders, which I never was able to do in the past. Um, I notoriously was out for seven hours waiting for a switch on the cold pavement. <laughs> so uh, hearing about this guy's girlfriend problems, it was, it was actually a great night. Um, but uh, the uh, this time I got both. So I got a PS5 and a Series X, super hyped about playing both of them kind of have some interesting impressions of both consoles. I won't go super into it, because it's only a little bit interesting. The games are really what count. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about about talking about that. For me, though, overall, what's interesting is I got my 4K TV about a year before you got yours. And so um, I've had this past year to also get, like, upgrade my other consoles, traded them in, got good deals, were able to upgrade to the 1X and the uh, um, uh, Pro, PS4 Pro. So therefore, I've already been playing games that aren't that dissimilar from what we're playing on these new consoles for the past year to some extent. It took a little bit of the newness and the amazingness out of upgrading to uh, the new consoles. But still, it's awesome. and uh, and there's there's some interesting things to talk about like with each of the two consoles and like what each of them does really well which I can speak to uniquely. That said though, it's really about the games and so I think that's what we'll want to talk about the most. Um, but it's cool, it's exciting time to be to be a gamer and especially I'm just so glad that these consoles did still come out this year, um, notwithstanding COVID because it's one thing that didn't get like halted.
0: Um... I think, you know, it's interesting that you getting both consoles, I think, obviously, not that there's anything wrong with getting both, but I think yeah. this more than any other, it doesn't really matter if you didn't get there yet. Um, yeah, yeah. And I say that just because obviously a lot of people just can't because of shortage issues. Uh, but obviously for Xbox, they pretty much said it's a hardware update, but it's not exclusives.
1: It's not next gen, really. Not really.
0: I mean, it is. It is and it isn't, right? Because, I mean, it, it is a graphical bump. It's capable of doing more. But, I mean, Kotaku had an article where, where they were, they've been doing Last Generation. And, you know, they talked about the Xbox Series X and PS4 Pro being a mistake in that...
1: The One X
0: and the Pro, yeah. Yeah, the One X and the Pro, because... Um, it, it, you you've 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 taken away the magic that like a full seven year jump and i think i got that experience so that's been me i got the xbox series x i was able to secure the pre-order for that i didn't try for the ps5 because it was like i didn't need both really um i don't uh but i got it and for me jump both getting a new tv like rich mentioned earlier and taking that jump into 4k it is noticeable and i think it like it is a huge graphical fidelity jump in a way that is honestly more impressive than the 360 to the 1, or the the PS3 to the 4 to me. Um,
1: if you do it like you did it, I completely agree. Um, and I think if I hadn't had that half-step, or really that, like, yeah, I'd say about almost exactly a half-step forward, then I would have had that same experience. Um, I completely agree with you. I think it's more of a jump, um, even than the 1 and the uh, PS4, for sure.
0: In, in some ways. Yeah, in some ways. And I, obviously the fact that it's running the older games, but when you see... I think it is the most noticeable if you play games back to back system to system, not just in loading times, but even on the same console. Although you do love those loading times, Jordan. The loading times are great. I mean, that both on both systems, loading times taking such a huge step forward with the solid state drives is a big deal. Um, and that that'll be my general sense. It's like the biggest thing from this new generation are the behind the scenes things, the things you can't even think about. I would say that for both systems. The "quote-unquote" killer app are things that are almost impossible to properly describe without experiencing it yourself. Um, Do you mean I, like the load times and the and the quick resume? Not not necessarily the load times. I think you know the idea of load times is easy to understand, but the, it is. The but experiencing
1: it is totally different. Sure. Because when I heard sure. about load times, I was like, "That sounds kind of cool," but it actually changes the way that you play games in a lot of fundamental ways. Like you use fast travel more if you want to. Um, you you might save and same you know you know no reload more differently or go
0: ahead. I, I will grant that because I know there is specifically with like Hitman Two that's been a big thing that has made me able to like do the reloading a lot more liberally without it like ruining the experience. Yep but to me the the actual impact of quick resume is it it's it you can explain it and it can make sense but actually doing it because i'd heard it i'd heard about how much people loved quick resume and i was like is that really that big of a deal and i feel the same way about the haptic controller which i'm sure once i actually put hands on one of those i will get yeah um and again it comes down to developers using it and it seems like Currently, they are using it, and I hope sure, they keep using it. You know, here's the thing about that: it's not
1: the it doesn't have to fundamentally change the game. It's not like that's what's different about this than Connect and even than the touchpad. Those are both different input mechanisms. These are flourishes, and that I think is the fundamental difference. All you gotta well, sh- have is a guy or gal or a team of a couple people spend about two or three weeks to, to tap into the haptics system and tune up the haptics. I'm sure. probably underselling it. But it's way less involved to do it, and it's way easier
0: to enjoy it. Yeah, but I don't think the comparison points are the touchpad or the connect. I think the comparison points are, you know, impulse triggers on the Xbox One controller, or HD rumble on the Switch. The they, I think those are fair yeah. comparison points, where developers didn't really do anything with either of those things.
1: HD Rumble, no?
0: Every single game uses it. It uses it, but I... It it, it... it. Let me let me phrase it this way. Even when it's used, they're the sort of things that get sold on a marketing push that ultimately don't feel revolutionary. N- Apparently the true. haptics do, but it's one of those things where until you feel it, it probably feels like those other things, where it's like, okay, but how much of a difference is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the last time feedback really made a difference was rumble getting introduced at all on the N64 and then getting
1: dropped out of the PS three. And then you really noticed it in that six axis, um, when it was gone, it's like, wow, that's gone. That really sucks. But anyway, um, yeah, no, totally. So, so I would say, um, moving, moving the conversation forward slightly. So I got both consoles. I got my series X two days earlier, then I got my PS five. Um, and here's how I would describe both experiences. Um, the Series X um, is a rock solid piece of tech. It works incredibly well. It's just solid. Everything about it works. Um, it's really easy to set up. Um, the menus work exactly like they do on your other Xbox, whatever you came from. The controller is, I've decided, even better now. Um, it took me a little while to really come around on it being different. I like the grip I like, on it. I love the grip on it. I didn't think I would like it. I was like, I don't want it to be scratchy. Nope, I love
0: it. Um, um, That's another. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say that's another though half step because you mentioned the menus and it's like they kind of they. I didn't think there was a big deal, but you I think mentioned in a previous conversation they sort of like jumped the gun by introducing the new menus like a couple months early, so it didn't even feel new in sense.
1: That's true. That's true. That that also they did. Um, but even still even that wasn't that much of a change like no, a, not on the really. other hand it was I'll, very I'll, t- I'll talk about ps5 in a second so so the the xbox series x is really fun and cool the thing about series x that's really this, the game changer is is the game pass because another thing you mentioned quick resume and the quick loading times all of that stuff benefits tremendously from buying games digitally <laughs> and i don't i'm not ready to do that yet like i still want to buy boxed games i'm getting 10 or more dollars off by buying them on amazon or at Best Buy or wherever, um, so they're cheaper, um, and they're resaleable if I hate them. Not that I do that very much, but I could, and I own them, and they can't punk me and take the Alan Wake soundtrack away and like put in a new soundtrack and I got played. No, I have the disc. I get to play it the way it was intended. So like I, I'm, I'm going to be kicking and screaming, holding on to discs. That said... God, do I love when I have a game digital and I can just switch between games without getting up. And it isn't a laziness thing. It's a it actually changes like what I even want to play cuz I feel like it's a big commitment to pull out a game and put in another one. Whereas just hitting enter just it just changes. It's the same well, as like the loading times. It changes what I play and when I play it.
0: Well, even beyond that, I'm someone who I I went into last gen not wanting to go fully digital, but I mean I've gotten there. Like I I in cannot the, believe I, it,
1: even you have gotten there. You were I mean, as adamant as anybody.
0: Well, as I've mentioned multiple times, the ability to share games with friends made it a a much better cost protocol.
1: But let's just say, though, but let's just say that that wasn't a factor. I still think you may have been won over at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the fact that the digital sales have become Mm -hmm. so much like Steam, maybe not to the the bargain bin depth Steam can get to, but still way more competitive than they were at the end of the 360 So much better. So Um, much better. But like, to me, what's so, and that's the thing with Quick Resume, that's so, once it started working, and it it started off rough, we got to address that. The first month of it hasn't been perfect. They took, uh, the Xbox Series X games weren't necessarily working with the optimization ones. Um, They took it out of Valhalla. It was like, sometimes you weren't sure if it was going to work, but now it's it's pretty much stabilized. And you can have like, I, I think obviously there's some quality of life stuff. Like, I'd love to see a meter where you can actually tell what games are suspended. And, like, which ones are going to get knocked off if you open something new. And that that's something they can hopefully add in the future. Yeah. But the fact that I can jump so effortlessly between games, it does affect what you play. Like you said, even more so than just being fully digital, I can play, like, 10 20, like, I can be like, oh, I want to play half an hour of Jedi and pop right back into the focus point I was at. Or, or in the middle of a, of a encounter. And then it'd be like, uh, let me play some Ori. Or like, oh, let me jump over and do Valhalla. And it's just, it makes it less, even less of a commitment to be like, I need to launch this game. And then with the quicker loading times and quick resume, it's like, it isn't a two or three minute commitment just getting into the game that makes you then be like, well, now I want to play this for a couple hours to make sure, yeah, you know, I've committed to this. Whereas with quick resume you really can just bounce around as much as you want
1: and don't forget there, here's another factor sometimes you just want to you like you just pause your game and like turn off your TV and then let it go to sleep and then come back right where you left off without even thinking about saving you're just right where you left off now that can happen with games even after you're done playing them and you even can if you have to restart
0: out. the system they, they they persist through that I didn't know that that's cool. yeah
1: but anyway, so all, that, all those quality of life features are cool. So anyway, got the Series X, and immediately I was, I, I was hit with that feeling of like, wow, I had a 1X and a 4K TV already. So this just feels like a little bit of a, of a step forward. Um, that has changed for me since then. Since then, I found it being the console of the two that I play more often, um, partly because it's become my console of choice for games that are not exclusive. So the game is a non-exclusive game. I play it on the Xbox for a couple reasons. Primarily that... So, like, on one hand, I love that PS5 is drawing this hard line of demarcation and saying, this is a PS5 game, this is a PS4 game. Yes, there's going to be an upgrade path, but they're separate entities. Versus the Xbox Series X and S thing where, you know, you just get the version of the game that works for the console you have, and it's seamless. So I thought that was going to bother me more. Um, but it turns out, because PS5 is drawing that line, there still are going to be lines like that. Like, now, there's a Devil May Cry Special Edition, and it is, it was, I think, made for the PS5 to be only PS5 exclusive, but now it's also on Xbox. Same thing with the Medium, it's an Xbox exclusive just for Series X. So those games are still going to exist, which is good. Um and so, just the benefit of, of between gens, which we're going to be for at least another year, I want to play all those games in the most seamless way on my on my one on my Series X, no. and the Series X a little more powerful too.
0: There is that, and I don't obviously. I mean, I haven't seen them side by side, but I don't think the the, the power ne- difference is minor. It's neglig- yeah. very negligible. I, I think it's a bigger question of what the long term look is going to be because PS Five is like, yeah, hard line in the sand. We this is this is the PS Five, and Xbox is clearly going towards. We don't know exactly what it's going to go towards, but I don't think it's inconceivable to think they're going towards a more obvious PC cell yeah. phone model where it's like in two years, they might just be like, okay, here's the series X2 or whatever. Or the series Y,
1: y or whatever. Um, they can just Y and then Z and then they can do the X2.
0: I mean, they can just keep going or, or the X. I, yeah, I think, yeah. Smart delivery is the sort of thing that is a future proofing method of being like, okay. The games are gonna maybe run a little nicer and look a little nicer on these upgraded versions, but it's not a deal breaker. And I think for a lot of people with their game console, I don't think they're gonna care if in two years I mean, really it comes down to what the market will allow. Um, obviously the they, they have their like cell phone-like structure of like pay over two years. And if that's successful, and people are into it, where they can just trade in for the next system like a cell phone, it might move that way. I mean, and this is a lot of speculation. We have no idea what it's. Well, like, did but. you
1: mention? And then don't forget all access, and and what that can do for you. You know, it's basically the same price as paying for Ultimate for the full time, and then you get to keep the console at the end. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So anyway, there's a lot of oh, cool stuff there. So let me just talk real quick before we move on about the PS5 experience. So the Xbox. Another just a little side note. Opening the Xbox Series X was really cool. It has a yeah. great little like you know welcome to the future of gaming and all very that. Very kind of simple stuff.
0: box. I, um, yeah. I, I think just generally, I, one point I, I, before you move on to PS Five yeah, yeah. is yeah, it,
1: it
0: it's very clear and it was clear last gen, but they really learned the mistakes of like the Red Ring and the 360, and they have really put the work in to make these accessible right out of the box and make sure that they work. Yeah, um, it's rock solid. It's yeah. rock solid. But I mean, And inevitably, as we talk about games,
1: we're going to still talk about the consoles. But, but just like my intro to the PS5, so I got the PS5 a couple days later, and immediately, I, and it doesn't come out of the box as nice as the uh, Series X does. However, once you get it out of the box it makes you feel like you have a next-gen console. My understanding, by the way, is that uh, PS5 is outselling Xbox Series X pretty significantly right now. Sure. Um, and that's, I, I... and that, that may change. It very well may change, but that is happening right now. And I think a lot of that is that feeling that people have where they don't truly understand, like the mainstream people that just want to get the latest thing, don't necessarily understand what Series X and S is, but they really understand. The PS5 looks like a fucking white Thunderbird from 1965. Yeah, and, I... and that... Or, or, or an air freshener or an air air purifier,
0: whatever you want to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I think the demarcation they've done has always been clean. They've never, they've, Sony over Nintendo or Xbox or Sega or anybody else who's made a console has always just been like, you know what? You know what you're getting. It's the next one. Um, yeah. But, and, and also, me, I think they a lot of
1: cachet. They did really well last gen and they're, and they're, oh, no, exactly. You know,
0: moving forward on that. I think that's the biggest thing, real To me, that, that seems like the biggest factor. When people were getting excited, every, I, I can't play with my friends most of the time because I play on Xbox and, like, nobody plays on Xbox. And I get it. It The Xbox One, for, for how much I liked it, is possibly one of the weakest exclusive game consoles ever.
1: Yeah, it's pretty weak. It's But pretty they're weak.
0: coming back. I think it is fair to say, like, Xbox, they've... I think they, they might've cut the Xbox one as a loss at a certain point and just been like, let's, let's play the long game. Cause they bought so many studios yeah. and they have so many games in development that are going to, yeah, be these exclusives they need
1: i think it's going to be though i think when by the time that happens i think they'll still be about neck and neck with ps5 when it comes to exclusives maybe a little bit ahead in terms of volume but the high quality of the ps5 exclusive i think still for a couple years at least it's going to be pretty head to
0: head but at least it'll be that and not way behind i mean here's my thing does the ps5 what exclusive does it really have right now
1: well, okay, so 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 let me first of all, PS Five exclusives right now, like three or four, but that's that's a different that's a different topic. I'm talking about
0: sure, sure. But
1: it's, I mean, you know, anyway, let me talk about the PS Five experience real quick. Yeah. So I get it out of the box. I'm like, oh my god, now this is what I was waiting for. I plug it in. The menu looks different. The controller is a completely different beast. Is it better? I wouldn't say so, but it's different. Damn it. Um <laughs> And, uh, and and, and the, uh, the adaptive triggers are really cool. They hurt my fingers, but they're really cool. Um, so I use them, you know, to some extent. But if I'm playing a game like Miles Morales or something where I'm always swinging and they're always giving me resistance on my fingers and I swing about 3,000 times a play session, I turn them off. But – if you, but but they're really fun. Like like if you're playing a shooting game and you want to experience like a little like different feel for every gun, it's really cool. But long play sessions, I won't be using that. The haptic feedback, on the other hand, combined with the better speaker, combined with the microphone, combined with the touchpad, combined with the active triggers, if you decide to use them, is just a seamless like really great controller. So it's a great controller, hands down. It is. Um, I never liked the look of it when it was first revealed, but it's grown on me, and also in conjunction with the console. Overall, I felt like I'd entered next-gen. And then the the menu is not as good or as clean as Xbox's menu. And it's not as good or as clean even as the PS4 menu. But again, damn it, it looks different and it looks newer. (laughs) It does. It looks newer and more modern, and I like that. So these are things that are a little novelty-ish, but it does feel like a true next-gen experience. And then Xbox uh, One X... Doesn't just have like not a, excuse me, Series X doesn't just have like not a lot of exclusives. They have zero exclusives, zero, they, zero. They zero. do.
0: I'm not. I'm not saying that they they have anything. I'm just saying that. Yeah. No. But 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 okay. I so, was, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No. So
1: compare just... that to. No. I know you weren't saying that, but I'm just saying zero, and that's crazy. Like I know they lost Infinite, and that's COVID, and I get it. But like they have zero. PlayStation doesn't have many either. They've got like three or four. Um. So what they have is Demon Souls. They have a uh, Miles Morales, which is not a PS five hold on. Not a PS five exclusive, but it damn well is a P- PlayStation. It is a
0: Sony exclusive. I'm just saying it's like that's not diff to me that is no different than the fact that, that you have a Series X games that have, you know, smart delivery upgrades. Like But see that's th- but there I... is Miles Morales is not a reason to buy a PS five, is what I'm saying. Uh
1: I would highly disagree on that one. Um, When you play Miles Morales on PS5 with the ray tracing on and the experience of that city, um, it's a whole different experience. And I can actually speak to that because I played Spider-Man Remastered, and I planned to just bring over my save, which Insomniac was awesome and let me do. Um, and I ended up playing through the entire thing from the beginning again because it's that fun and it's that beautiful. So actually, like, the upgrades are so significant that it is it is worth it. But no, it is not a game you can't play on PlayStation 4, and there's, you know, 63 million or whatever PlayStation 4. is. So that number's incorrect, but there's a lot. So a lot of people can already play that game, I guess. I wouldn't want to play it not on PS5, but, but I get that you could. Um, but what I'm saying is we were earlier talking about the case of like Microsoft versus PlayStation and what that's going to look like in a couple years, and that's when you said, "What exclusive does PS5 have?" So I thought you were yeah. talking about like no, no. I just three meant three years from now. Like no. these are the kind of franchises that you're going to see going head to head.
0: Sure, several years from now, I, both of them will have more exclusives. I just think sure. right now outside of Demon's Souls really cuz they have the the games like I think Astro's Playroom that's more of a tech demo well, type thing.
1: Astro's Playroom is really really fun, but yes, it's tech demo. I won't give it a full nod. They have Bug Snacks, that's it. That's an exclusive. Another
0: thing no, it's on have... PS4 too.
1: Is it really?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, it's free for me. Um and uh and then they have another thing which is awesome, which is the um uh PS Plus uh, library that comes free. So in addition to getting a couple PS Plus games for free anyway like get the worms game which I'll never touch of course <laughs> um you get bug snacks um you get I, I don't know what else um and then you also get this library of like the best PS4 games of all God of War Persona 5 not royal but still it's really cool um you get um Oh, there's so many. I, I mean I can't even name them but you've probably seen that. You get yeah, like, I've a, seen the list. like a little mini game pass that's like free with your with your you know, PSN experience. So anyway, that's a really cool thing. And those are almost all exclusives. A couple of them aren't, but almost all of those are exclusive to Sony, and that's really cool that you have access to those for free out of the box. Yeah. So so really what it comes down to is that it it's a I had more experience the experiences that I'm having on my PlayStation 5 are the ones that I I consider like PlayStation exclusive. So again, I played all the way through Miles Morales, I played all the way through Spider-Man Remastered, I played some of Bug Snacks, I played almost all of Astro's Playroom, um and oh and I got Godfall. That's a compl- that's an exclusive by the way.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, maybe timed, but I think you know,
0: it's look, an- they they definitely have more. They exist. Yeah. Um
1: also, Miles Morales is kind of made to be, like, the PS5's, you know, insomnia. It,
0: it is. I'm just, again, I'm saying it's, like, it, for me, I'm, I, th- this is from the perspective of why I was, like, I don't need both of them right oh, away. And yes. why I say nobody really needs either of them right I away. Agree. Because I agree. Unless you're a huge Souls fan, I you can wait. I mean, the fact that Horizon is also not a PS5 exclusive is one of those things where it's, like, and, I mean, th- don't get me wrong. That is standard operating new generation procedure gun was on both the original Xbox and the 360 um, yeah, all those games all games like that that have they you there is a big bridge gap but because there are so few titles this time around, it's just noticeable that that you don't there's nothing that's like you have to have to 100% have to get this system to play this game
1: right right no I I, I hear you so anyway um. So that – but my experience was at first I was really blown away by the PS5, and I love that it's so new and awesome, um, and I'm really excited about it. But when it's come down to getting Valhalla, when it's come down to getting Legion, when it's come down to getting um, especially Cyberpunk um, – I would prefer to have those games right now, at least on the Series X, because they're so seamless in terms of like you get the Xbox what, One version and you get the Series X version, no question on all those games, um, and and it just works, you know. Also, Cyberpunk has a huge advantage right now. It'll probably get um, rolled out different later, but right now you have the option of playing in performance mode or quality mode on Xbox. You don't on PS Five,
0: mm-hmm. um, and a
1: lot of that has to do with the way that the way that ps5 handles backward compatibility is different so it's not that like like above and beyond the way that microsoft is like giving people access to this really like convenient way of accessing things smart uh what is it called uh smart uh, delivery smart delivery all that stuff like They could do that and still be like handling it a clunky way in the background, but no, it seems like what they've done is they've actually developed all of this organically to just work so that literally it's like kind of the same architecture or at least something compatible. I don't understand all that stuff, but where it literally is just like the game just runs different ways on all these different consoles, but it runs pretty well on all of them and it just scales up. Whereas the PlayStation, it's like these are PlayStation 4 games. These are PlayStation 5 games. There is a split between them. If we want things to be backwards compatible on the 5, we need to spend development effort to do so, you know? Yeah. And, like, I don't know why I did a robot voice there, but but that is – that's the – that's the, the it, it's different the way they're handling it. It seems way more elegant it, the way Xbox is handling it.
0: I think the two – yeah, I think that elegance comes through, and in, in the two stories that come to me are the Destiny 2 upgrade that happened this last week um, because – on Xbox, I didn't even have to do anything. It just auto smart delivered it and like redownloaded the game overnight when as soon as it became available. Whereas on PS5, people were having the issue of, oh, you have to like go into the menu on Destiny and like click the three dots and then specifically choose the PS5 upgraded version and then redownload that. Okay. Yeah. All and right. it's just an integration thing. And the yeah. other is that, you, you know, you can if you wanted to because they've always supported it you they they had a link cable running an original xbox game that connected all four systems and played it like multiplayer between them interesting and there's just that commonality of hardware and software integration that they've worked that that, that's another thing that they've they were laying the groundwork during the one x with the backwards compatibility and bringing in xbox originals like that, that, to me, is going to be their long-term success, is that they really have spent the past few years preparing for this kind of shift in how they want to present gaming. The problem is, though, I think you you put your, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier. It's possible people
1: are never going to go away from PlayStation. They've already got an early lead. All of your friends that are not, you know, a couple people that, that, that I know that also play on Xbox... Are, are, like you said, you, you can't play with any of them because they all have PlayStations. Are those people going to switch even when things get better on Series X? I, I, I don't think, know.
0: I think, again, I think it kind of comes back to what I was talking about earlier where it's like people who are who, who like gaming but aren't like super into it. I, I think Xbox needs to have the exclusives. And if they – it depends on how cutthroat they end up being because they can say all the things that they're saying right now. And obviously, short term, they're going to honor stuff like Deathloop exclusivity. But Right, right. I like if, if they are struggling. I don't think it is entirely unreasonable to see them being like, okay, these games are exclusives now by an the Xbox. Problem
1: is though that what I've heard, and again, I've heard a lot of things, you know, and and opinions are, are cheap. But I've heard people say, um, pundits say that it will not be in Microsoft as a company's bottom line's best interest to keep. Uh, the next Elder Scrolls game on Xbox yeah. exclusively.
0: And and I think that, that, that actually gets to the bigger point. I don't think they have to care. If, if yeah. they are making games that sell on the PS5, they're ultimately taking a cut of that. So who the fuck cares if the yeah. Xbox is second place, if they're making all the money anyway?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I like that point a lot because that is a future I could really get behind. Um, so anyway, so my ultimate takeaway on all of it is that Uh, From a launch experience perspective, the PlayStation 5 was my hands-down winner in terms of being exciting to get and to play games on. Long term, though, I can see myself shifting towards the Series X, certainly for multi-generation games, and maybe even for everything that's not um, PS5 exclusive. So we'll see how it shakes out, but right now that's kind of how I'm feeling. Although I do find myself spending a lot of time on my Series X, especially now that I got that shock blue controller, dude. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's it's really nice. I got it out for like the forty bucks or forty five bucks at Best Buy on Black Friday, and man, is it sweet! It's got a white back and a blue front. I didn't even know
0: that at first. It's really cool. Anyway, um, no, my my last takeaway is um, I I think you know I went into the Xbox One generation and I win Xbox because I I think that's the way to look at it, right? Like the three sixty dominated its generation. Um, I think ultimately PS three got there by the end, but you know, that original price point hurt them, and, and maybe maybe there's no overtaking, but if if Xbox... I mean, again, I, I based it on what my friends played, and we were all on Xbox, so I got an Xbox One because it just made sense, um, and I just kind of stuck to it. Uh, but if Xbox can bring the exclusives and they can bring reasons for people to play... You know, I mean, people, a lot more people end up with both systems nowadays than they used to.
1: Absolutely. Over time, you buy one, and then a year or two later, you buy the other. I would not be surprised if the exclusives keep coming, if in two or three years you have a PS5, which would be awesome. No, I I, I
0: don't. Oh, yeah, I certainly don't plan to never get one. I'm just like, you know, I need a game like Ratchet and Clank, I think, which actually is exclusive, to be out and, you know, give me impetus.
1: Sure. Sure. Absolutely.
0: Although there's that Demon
1: Souls man, I bought it. I haven't gotten into it yet, but I, I, I do
0: haven't. want to play that. But it's not, you
1: know, it's not. Yeah, I could no, play
0: Bloodborne is. if I really wanted that experience.
1: Exactly, and it'd be something interesting to play that that you haven't experienced before for sure. Awesome. So let's talk about. Um, I, I guess let's make a little bit of a pivot rather than just talking about like next gen games. Let's just talk about what we've been playing lately because there's just so much to talk about. There is. So, so why don't we? Why don't we dive into? I want to start with hearing about, unless you had something else you want to talk about first, I kind of want to hear about Breath of the Wild, um, the Hyrule Warriors.
0: Okay, yeah, that's actually at the top of my list, because it was the one Switch game I had. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's just... Can I
1: tell you how surprised uh, I am that you're not like all about it? I'm really well, surprised.
0: I'll tell you why. It's a very easy point to sum up. It's more Zelda game than it is Warriors game. It just is. Like, if you compare it to Hyrule Warriors, it, is, it leans much more towards trying to be a Zelda prequel than it does trying to be a full-on Warriors experience. Um, and what I mean by that, because if you read the reviews, yes, everything you would expect is there. It has the maps, it has the side missions, it has, like, a bunch of ridiculous upgrade stuff that you can buy for each character. You know, it has recipes that you can do to get bonuses. It has, like, all that stuff. But in actual practice... The maps are just far less complicated than they were in Hyrule Warriors originally. Um, did you play Hyrule Warriors? No, a little bit, like the demo or
1: whatever, maybe a little bit okay. with you on the Wii U, maybe.
0: Most of the time with games like that, there's a lot more complexity to, okay, when you get in the map, <laughs> you have to go here and you have to capture these specific keeps. And then when you capture these keeps, oh, enemies might up over here. You have to like split your attention and switch between characters like, to defend your keep while also like attacking the other one. And it, it's kind of hard to put into words, but like in this one... I know one, what you
1: mean. I've played Dynasty Warriors. Sure,
0: sure. It's like a traditional Dynasty Warriors experience. This one is just far more focused on brief bursts of action. And what I mean by that is I'm on like chapter 5 of the story, and I, I think I'm more than halfway through the campaign at this point... But there has yet to be a single mission where it's been like, oh, you have to capture these keeps, and you have to go get a bunch of stuff, and you have to, like, it's mainly been, okay, get from point A to point B on the map, fighting things as you go, then fight the big boss for the map, and then that's the level. Like, the actual story chapter missions don't feel they're longer and maybe a little more complex than, like, the side missions you do to get ingredients and level ups, but it, it's just a less complicated game that is more focused on a lot of story stuff and a lot of, like, let's let's show off um, this the prequel aspect. It just... It, it, I get it. It is more... Like, this game is obviously meant to be more accessible to people who are, like, really loved Breath of the Wild because that game was so singularly popular. Even for a Zelda game, it was crazy popular. Yeah. And so... You know, I say all this as someone who played Hyrule Warriors, the original, three times across releases. Which is so you know.
1: crazy to me, by the way. You're like yeah. the biggest fan that game ever had.
0: Yeah, I finished the story, and I, you know, spent time in the end game every time I played it. On Wii U and 3DS and on Switch. And this game just... And it also came out in the middle of New Console Fever. You know, so so it's not like it's... It's not my sole game I'm focusing on, but yep. I'm just not as compelled to go back to it. And obviously, I also was not a big fan of Breath of the Wild, but I was a fan of what Hyrule Warriors offered in terms of like that Dynasty Warriors experience with a familiar skin. And it's just, it feels like such a watered down Warriors experience that I I'm just not I don't I don't like it as much. And it's not a bad game; it's fun to play what through. What do you think
1: of it? So I've played the demo, by the way, so I know how it plays. What <laughs> do you think of um, some of like the things like going and turning on? Uh, the those those dudes you know the dudes what are they called the guardians <laughs> the guardians. going and like turning on the guardians as like a, as a thing you have to do and then I mean... like you do have to switch to zelda and protect her i think and and you do run around and and like you do have like I both mean... you have magic and you have like sheikah slate powers it's
0: it's got some complexity it no i mean and these are these are they're there are analogs to, or parallels to to what was in the original. Like, it definitely builds off those systems. It's just the, the way it presents the actual gameplay isn't as complex, so it's it's less... I mean, and I wouldn't even say Warriors is, is complex necessarily, in terms of, like, what you're trying to figure out what to do. It's just, there were more complications, and it felt more, like, edge of your seat, trying to make sure everything, you keep all the plates spinning. This one just it doesn't have that it's also maybe a little floatier in terms of combating the big enemies and that there's like the hit stuns weird. And I, and that could be, there, there were, there were elements that I'm like, this is just different and it's hard to get used to, but yeah, yeah it's just overall. It's um, I hear you. I, you know, I, 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 I think I said this, but you know, I wasn't a big breath of the wild fan, so I didn't have, come in with that particular love either. So a lot
1: of people are coming to this game for that. Obviously.
0: Um, oh, absolutely! A lot and of I think the reviews that is...
1: I read are, are, are all about like you know, oh, I'm so excited to see that that part of the story play out. And actually, a lot of the ones that don't love the new game don't love it because it actually fails from a story perspective at the end. Also, at least a couple people, Game Informer in particular, said so.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see the ending of the story. I mean, I'm not that far off from it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I it it isn't. It's not scratching the itch in the way. And I knew it was going to be different, but I guess I'm just uh i'll say this i'm really excited for persona 5 scramble but i also think that's obviously going to be very very weird and different from a dynasty warriors game too so i i don't know maybe i just need to play hyrule warriors again
1: it sounds like i need to play hyrule warriors what it fucking sounds like (laughs) i love Um, it did you have it on disc or did you buy it on uh, digital on disc got it so you're gonna pop it in yeah probably that's cool that's cool um, did you buy Age of Calamity on disc or on uh, digital?
0: It's on on disc. Yeah, I, I oh just ordered it. Wow. Switch doesn't have a lot of memory space, so I pretty much just that's a traditional console. I get the cards mostly.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. And they keep their values, so you're good there too. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's that's interesting. Um, well, I will I will uh, I will go on a little bit of a journey here and tell you um, what I played a whole lot of, and that is some I played a lot of Spider Man. Um, I played Spider-Man Remastered. Um, I originally... So Insomniac did a really cool thing, and that is they they heard that everybody was pissed that you can't bring over your Spider-Man save from PS4 to PS5. Um, And I was upset about it too, but I thought there's no way they're going to change this because there's a new new, uh, achievement list and there's a trophy list. There's just no way. And they did it. They were like, you know what? F it. We're going to do it. But in order to do it, you had to still have Spider-Man. So I I luckily had a copy I could use of Spider-Man PS4. I popped that in. I... um, yeah, then you create uh, your save data, like a special like export function has been added to the old Spider-Man on PS4, and then you go to PS5, and it's waiting on the cloud, and you pull it in. So I did that, loaded it up, because what I planned to do was just play the DLC, because I never did. And then I was like, but let me just start at the beginning, because I need to like relearn the combat. And then I just played the whole game through anyway, because I love it.
0: Yeah, it's very good. I
1: love that game. I love that game way more than I loved it the first time playing it the second time. I love the combat. I love the story. And it really even benefited the thing about Spider Man. And you may know this as a fan. I don't know if this is your take exactly. But one thing that's interesting about Spider Man is because Peter goes through so much shit and people turn on him and his love life is shambles sometimes. And he just, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the um, Parker luck, right? He just gets shat on in many ways. Um, knowing what's going to happen before it happens makes it a kind of a more comfortable experience to watch and, and experience. So mm-hmm. I was, I was playing through it and I was like, Oh, well, I know this is going to happen. I know what's going to happen to Aunt May, you know, or whatever. And I can enjoy that. Like, not enjoy that wow that sounded terrible um i can i can play the game and not like dread those things as much because i just accept that they're gonna happen um i loved it so i played that all the way through had a great time did most of the side stuff played the dlc dlc is pretty weak to be honest i'd heard that it was only okay it is only okay um all they did is make the combat too hard and not fair hard the kind of hard where they take combat that's very well tuned and like um, add a bunch of like rocket launchers and machine guns that you can't kill easily and sometimes you do well and you clear everyone up and then sometimes the sway of battle just doesn't go your way and 15 things hit you at the same time and it doesn't matter how much you hit the um, dodge button, you can't dodge at all so you're dead. So it just feels really unfair hard instead of like quality hard. And that game before that point is so quality hard, I felt like, when it gets hard, that it was a bummer to experience that. But anyway, so while I was playing Remastered, I was reading reviews of Miles Morales, uh, and people were saying, like, oh, my God, if it's, it's, I didn't think it was possible, but it's even better than Spider-Man Remastered. Oh, my God, it's so amazing. Um, I don't like it quite as much. It is the one-third of the game that, that Remastered is. I would say it's a full one-third, the length. It's a little more than that because you still have the whole city and you still have quite a few side missions, but I'd say it's about a third of the of the overall content that remastered is for almost the same price. I did the thing where you get the uh, where you get like all of it for seventy bucks, so that felt better. Uh-huh. Um, but if you but if you paid fifty for Miles Morales, I don't know if that would feel awesome. So the other thing too is um, Peter Parker is older, um, Miles is much younger, and so I think it's probably if I was a little younger, it might be more Miles' story. What might have been more relatable to me. Um, Peter's story is just a little bit more relatable in terms of like my age or, or feeling closer to that age. It's been so long since I've been Miles' age, you know? Yeah. Um but he's a super likable character. It is a very it is a more um, um focused story. Um there are some some things, like I've heard people say, like it has the same problem a lot of Marvel movies have, where it's kind of got like a little bit of a villain problem, where there's great villains that could have been built out, but they just don't take the time they need to really expand. Mm-hmm. And that's true with at least one of the villains I can think of specifically, but it's just a really fun story. The combat is really fun. The new Venom abilities are really fun to use. Um, It's just a really, really good game. So I would say just playing both of them is great. And I'm really excited to see what they do when the two come together, because my guess is probably this hasn't been confirmed. They did say Spider-Man, Peter Parker's coming back. And the trope they use was he goes on a vacation for two months. And that's when Miles takes over so that Miles can be like, you know, the Spider-Man also. And it's not some second fiddle nonsense, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he but he also becomes the Spider-Man of Harlem so they could go that route where they like split the city which would be fine, they're both the Spider-Man but of different parts um, but it's also possible, and th- and they may just make the g- you know, and they may do that and they may focus the next game on Parker and then like a little bit of Miles or they may call it Spider-Men you know, and yeah. just have it be about both of them, that's certainly possible I, mean, so go ahead.
0: I don't know, I was going to say it is weirdly more and more becoming that Spider-Man is a multiversal characters so they might even go that route by the end of this but not necessarily the next game but eventually
1: oh absolutely i mean i just love that this franchise is humming along and it looks like they i mean i could see in two years having another peter parker fronted game or one that uh, uh features both of them and i would love that um i think people went a little again this is just my personal opinion i think people went a little too like they were so happy about having miles in a game which is so like it's been way too long for something like that to happen that I think people went a little overboard on the, Oh my God, it's so much better than the original Uh, Spider-Man.
0: Well, possibly Uh, we'll we'll see. I'm going to talk, my next game will kind of build off that point.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, Anyway, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that, that, that I think there was a lot of, of people saying like, Oh my God, it's so much better than the original. I, I like the original better, but there's a lot more to it. Um, and for me, it was a little more relatable. But Miles, anyway, it, it couldn't have been handled better. Let's put it sure. that way. If you're going to make a Miles Morales game, you couldn't do it. And, and you had the year that they had or whatever amount of time. You couldn't do it better. So anyway, how about you? What's your next one?
0: Um, well, so kind of building on that, I, I do think uh, um, I, I think there's been a push generally for like that shorter game experience, more manageable. I know that's one thing people have actually appreciated about Miles Morales. They have. They have. Um, you're right. You're yeah. Right. So I think that that kind of plays into the more focused experience.
1: But Spider-Man Remastered or Spider-Man is already not Valhalla. It's already no, sure, sure. I am not saying, you know, twenty hours. So this is like six hours, and so that's the thing. You know, it's like we're not the 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 economies of scale are very different. Sorry, go ahead. Sure,
0: sure. I but you know, I think there is value in that. But I also I think my counterpoint, not that people weren't excited, and I was excited because I love Miles Morales as a character, but like. You know, who else I love as a character is Kamala Khan. Um, I love Miss Marvel. Oh, she wow. represents a part of me that is um, not really seen in fiction a lot because I'm Palestinian. I'm, I'm of Middle Eastern descent, um, raised Muslim, all of that. Uh, and at the opening of Avengers, that, that stuff really shines through. But as that game goes on, man, I'm having a hard time with Avengers. Yeah, I played it. Uh, it is.
1: I can't finish it
0: i i w there is it kinda it does that thing that a lot of these like persistent games do where it starts off very focused and feels like the traditional single player experience you kind of would want from the game, but at a certain point it's like all right, time to go on missions and collect special packages and do vendor quests to up your rank and it's like, what are we doing here
1: i I just think my my problem with that game is. I think they did a really good job with the story up to a point. Kamala is really well handled. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think that, um, I love that that game makes her the main character and lets her be like our entree to this, to this group of characters. I think the story nails all of that. I've heard people, I think I saw you tweet and say like this one scene is worth half the price of admission. (laughs) Another friend, another friend of mine, um, who, uh, like loves Miss Marvel, not a huge comics fan. um, but like loves Miss Marvel and, and and she's not even really a gamer, but she was watching her husband play it and was absolutely in love with the game because of Miss Marvel Kamala Khan and, and and those really great scenes when she's it, just so
0: jubilant. It's the smartest decision in the game, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's the um, problem
1: with, for that I have. I started playing the combat and like at first I was like, Ooh, I don't really like this. Then I started getting into it a little bit and I was like, ooh, this is pretty fun. Then I started hating the combat. I mean, I hate the combat in that game. And I've heard people that I really appreciate, like Skill Up, for example, talk about, like, he thinks the combat is masterful, and, like, he's so upset that it's not in a better game. Um, I thought maybe that was true for a second, and then I, now I, I hate that combat. It I is... hate the health system, most of all.
0: Yeah, the the thing I've seen a lot of is that it is a game built for in-game, and I think that comes through in the skill trees, when, especially when it's, like, Most people have agreed it's like you're not going to be anywhere close to like finished leveling up when you finish the campaign. So you have all of the like actual fun abilities and builds and stuff you can do that are behind this long grind wall. Um, And I do think it feels very basic early on. Um, It doesn't help that the enemies feel very generic. It feels very um, early 2010s in the way that the combat works and the type of enemies you're fighting it's such a generic gray mess of like robot dudes i
1: know god
0: no um, distinction
1: and and then and then after you've gone to one map or two maps and, and gone and checked out this the question marks and collected the boxes once you've done that about about twice you've done it a million times you never want to do it again but yet that's exactly what you have to do yeah it's um, terrible. It's terrible. Let's just let's face it. Not only do uh, do I think it's terrible, but fucking Steam thinks it's terrible because that game died. And and now they're going to try to like do some kind of reboot of it next year on next gen, but even still like it's still going to have that combat. It's still going to have the health bar where like I'm either kicking ass and I have full health or like I just got hit and I'm about to fucking die and I'm spending there, literally 30 seconds looking for a green box to smash. There's Fuck a very
0: that. there's a very bad feedback problem in that game where enemies don't feel like they're getting hit hard enough and you can be taking damage without getting any sort of indication that it's happening totally Uh,
1: and then all of a sudden you're almost dead and then also do you like uh, a health system where you have to run around looking for green barrels and then just hypothetically sometimes you'll find them sometimes you won't there's no egalitarian aspect to that you're just fucked sometimes. And like yeah. that's just not fun to me. Yeah, there are characters that are healers and there's party composition, but that game is nowhere near as sophisticated as it would need to be to do that right.
0: I it it again, people that have reached in game seem to really like the combat, not necessarily the systems in place and I mean the Kate Bishop stuff just came out. Uh, I don't know, everything about that game feels so like uh, argument I guess by committee where it's like why are the first and I like Kate Bishop, but I'm like, why are the first two DLC characters both Hawkeye?
1: And, 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 and why is it called Taking Aim? Like, haven't we heard enough about fucking aim? Like, how about something, like, Noob? Send her on, like, a quest like they're doing with the Hawkeye TV series. Like, have it be something different, man. I don't want to see the same Marvel fucking tropes. And that was what was so cool about the Kamala Khan thing. But all it became is bring the Avengers together and kill some fucking crazy dude who runs a digital – who runs a science company. You know, it's just so played out.
0: Yeah. Anyway. I mean, and the story and performances have been good so far. Yeah, they're good. I'm having yeah. trouble being compelled to suffer through the gameplay to get to them because, like – yeah, for I, I think a lot of the, the the fact that it wants to be MCU but also isn't does make it Kamala's like the only character that looks great because she's not your mind isn't trying to fill in the blank Yep, with, with the missing actor. Um That's very true. That's
1: very true. And also another thing that's kinda whacked is like you don't get capped till the end. I know what you said about it being like an end game focused game. Like you don't get capped till the end. Cap's awesome. I hate Iron Man. I hate playing Iron Man. Like, that's another problem is the game is like a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none in that, like, you know, they, there's a big brute character, Hulk. Like, I just don't think you can have this. I don't know that you can have the, the the same combat system if you're trying to do, like, a sophisticated game. It's one thing if you're trying to do Ultimate Alliance, but if you're trying to do, like, a sophisticated game to try to have a Hulk character and a Kamala Khan character – and an Iron Man character, and Hawkeye, and try to, like, have them all, like, make sense. Like, I just don't think that's gonna work. Especially not in a beat-em-up. I don't know. It's just... It's it feels just limited. It's misguided. Like,
0: it is... I, I would I would hazard to guess that Black Widow probably feels fine. Maybe even Thor. But, like, Iron Man and Hulk, they just... Like, that's the beauty of Spider-Man, the game, right? It's like, you feel like Spider-Man. And I would say you feel like Miss Marvel, because fighting, like, street-level dudes in like close combat makes sense but when the, by hulk... the way
1: i almost always play as miss marvel she's by I mean, far my main
0: so far yeah but like hulk doesn't feel like hulk you you just can't because it would break the game if he was able to like smash through everybody properly you need to build a game around hulk not i mean now any and in something like Arcady, like the ultimate alliance games it's yep. fine because right. they're built to be that but this is exactly. supposed to be closer to like Not simulation, but it's like it's supposed to try to be capturing what Spider-Man captures. I'm I'm like fascinated to see what Spider-Man, how he's received when he gets added to the PS5 version of the game because I don't think it's it's obviously not going to be as satisfying as like just playing Spider-Man's game,
1: right? I mean, it's going to be lame. It's going to be lame. I can already picture it because Kamala Khan already has like she she can sort of swing and she can. she can do like the thing where she grapples onto like a surface and pulls up and like, it just doesn't, I mean, it feels okay. Certainly doesn't feel like Spider-Man like, and I can, I yeah. can just picture how it's going to feel. And black it's widow has be, that tether.
0: It's going to be a Spider-Man who can maybe swing around a little easier, but he's not going to be able to like climb on walls because that would break the game. Right.
1: And and then the other thing that's crazy, I can't even believe that they ended up making like three different like types of traversal like surfaces just because you might be playing as Hulk and he's got to have like a surface you can grip or you might be playing as Black Widow or or Miss Marvel and they need like things they can grab onto or you might be. It, it's just I just can't even believe that they went there. I, I, I don't know. It's 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 a really crazy game that, that it, it even exists is crazy.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm going to try to get through it. It's just I've been playing other stuff that's more compelling and I just haven't gone back to it in like over a week. So
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And I would say um, just to quickly talk about Legion. So I got Legion on Xbox one before I before I got the new consoles. And it's actually really, really good. Um, I talked to you about this a little offline, but um, I want to get back to it. I just have so much else to play, but that game is way better than it. It has any right to be. And I think the big reason for that is that the, the director of that game is the dude who directed um, Far Cry 2 and, um, Hawking, I think, is his name, Clint Hawking, and and he just he he turned it into something else, like it's its own thing, and and so the 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 idea of like going around the city and scanning people and then like potentially seeing what abilities they have, it almost turns every character you walk into on the street into loot, and that's <laughs> kind of awesome. Um, it's just really cool. It's really cool and really unique. And now it's only like you can get it for thirty bucks sometimes um so that's that's pretty cool i'm excited to to get back to that once like the the excitement of everything else i'm playing dies down cool anyway but then we've both been playing valhalla you want to talk about that
0: yeah um so far i've been playing this kind of an interesting way just because um i've mainly been playing it with uh my fiance because uh she's of norwegian descent and just likes viking stuff and so we kind of made it into our game um um, in a really big way. Um, but I'm I'm a pretty. I mean, I'm on like the fourth story arc. Um, oh wow, you're further than me though. I think I'm on the. I did the second one
1: first, and then the, now I'm doing the first one. But I also collected a lot of shit around the map.
0: Yeah, and we have just kind of been messing around doing the storylines. Um, I think so far it's probably my favorite Assassin's Creed since Syndicate. Um, okay, maybe probably my second or third favorite overall so far. Um, I feel like it really delivers on the promise of the new era of Assassin's Creed by pairing it back and making it less of a like loot game, but still giving you customization options. Um, I think the skill trees a lot more interesting this time around. Wow. Not a lot, not a lot more interesting. It's different. And I just like it better. Um, I've actually been, because it doesn't give you fun things to
1: get in the skill tree. The really cool skills are around the world.
0: I mean, I don't know. I, I I like the stuff that. I mean, it, it's a mix, right? Because there are things in the skill tree that are game changing. There like are, there the, are the jumping down or, or being able to dual wield heavy weapons, which is so stupid. But I, I have enjoyed you getting, it? I did. Yeah,
1: I'm getting that next. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> is it awesome or not awesome? Because I heard it, it tones down their damage a bit.
0: It does. It's more just like silly. Look. Like, I, honestly, I spent a big chunk of the beginning of the game dual wielding shields because it was funny. Um, Can you fight with shields? Yeah, you they they treat them just like a melee weapon.
1: I didn't know you um, knew
0: that. That's cool. It it is just really uh, enjoyable so far. Um, I've been playing it in conjunction. Out. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Okay. I've been playing it in conjunction with Odyssey actually because I didn't ever finish Odyssey. I don't know that and, many people have, dude. Yeah, Odyssey's. I, I think it's fair to say Odyssey's bigger than Valhalla, right? It, like, it is, crazy. but it
1: doesn't take longer. So like in landmass it may be bigger, but like when you talk
0: when you look at like how long to beat or reviews that maybe, I've read, it's a lot. But like there is definitely more stuff to do in Odyssey. Okay. But like, every island has its own side quest story Yeah, involved. In I'm telling you, too. man, I'm ta- I'm well, telling Valhalla you. It doesn't really have side quests. I mean I it know, does. It but they're seem not like
1: to. It doesn't seem to, but like I'm just telling you what I what I've read is that like overall add it all up add it up however you want to add it up like you know side quest versus main story quest versus collecting shit i've heard that completionist playthrough of valhalla is as long if not longer that's just what i've heard and the other reason that that's that's really kind of anathema for some people is the fact that they specifically said like we learned our lesson from odyssey about the game being too big i
0: i've yet to feel the bloat i i maybe i'll get there Maybe yep. I will, and I know I realize I'm over 20 hours in. It's not like I haven't spent a lot of time with the game. It just feels more naturally well designed. Yeah, um, well, I love that really my they have takeaway. Two years
1: they got two years to do these games, and they need two years. I'm glad they have more franchises now, so they can take the time they need with Assassin's Creed. Um, it needs two years between a generation or between uh, games, absolutely. Um, and I mean, it is. We'll see. It is
0: cool. I, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if there's an Assassin's Creed game next year because there was only one year between Odyssey and Origins.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. They think have two happen.
0: teams, is more what I mean. You know, like they have yeah. two Assassin's Creed teams. Yes, but
1: the Odyssey team made Phoenix.
0: Oh right, so yeah, maybe, maybe they won't. We'll do see. Next we'll year. see. Yeah, uh, but the thing playing Odyssey that has been interesting to me, comparing them, is that I. It just feels more personal and that's a thing i like if you look at the assassin's creeds i prefer syndicate assassin's creed 2 um and this one are that they are more centrally folk excuse me centrally focused narratives you have a village you have a tight cast of characters that you're journeying and growing with odyssey does not really have that um odyssey is an odyssey i mean it lives up to its name but they just feel different. It, it Odyssey feels a little gamier to be playing it compared to Valhalla, which it feels more somber. It feels a bit more serious and just
1: Definitely something more somber and serious. I'll agree with you totally there. Um I also think that the way that they handle side quests as being like wealth, artifact, and side quest and, and stories is cool. I like that. Yeah. I also am still like exploring and discovering. Like I still don't fully get the way weapons work. My understanding is that like there's just very few weapons in this game yeah. comparatively, and that's awesome because it's overwhelming in Odyssey, and 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 for and it's overwhelming in terms of like all the different weapons for not that much difference between them. So yeah, that's yeah. Odyssey, nice that they they change that.
0: Odyssey's like Destiny, where it's like, oh, I picked up a weapon. Well, it's a lower level, so I'm just gonna break it down,
1: or or try to level it up, or whatever. Yeah. Or, or
0: less so. Yeah, Destiny's gotten better about its loot, but but I mean that's kind of the, there's so much loot is more the point.
1: Yeah. No, totally, totally. I'm digging it. Definitely, I like the chunky combat. I really enjoy. Um, I, 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 definitely wouldn't say that I feel like strongly about Valhalla over other games. Uh, I think I feel. I think I like it so far about as much as Origins and um, Odyssey. But again, I'm not that far in it, so we'll see how it yeah. how it, how its mileage works. I just think it's just another cool evolution in the Assassin's Creed games. It doesn't feel very different
0: to me, though. But that's fine. It's not supposed to. No, uh, I, I and- think it just what it does different works for me well enough that I've, yeah. i i was not excited for this game i'll be honest it it didn't didn't hype me up but then it was like well this is one of the games that if if we're going to pretend they're new next gen exclusive this one is being positioned as such so yeah, i went
1: well, with it. well also i've heard people say like people that really get into graphical like you know impressiveness um like digital foundry for example like they they compare cyberpunk against, even on like PC, against uh, Valhalla, uh, AC Valhalla, and they think Valhalla comes out stronger in terms of like just
0: uh, awe-inspiring graphically and visually. I, it was a lot of, I because I also had a new TV. It was yeah, a lot it's hard of to say. Yeah. It was a lot of fiddling, but I think I finally got in there. And yeah, it is a very pretty game. Um,
1: what is this fiddling you keep talking about? You told me that at the beginning you got to do HDR, HDR fiddling. Everybody has to do that, but are you doing more than that?
0: I, I think it was an issue of like visual stuff, and I, I just, I, 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 again, I've never had a TV that required this much work between the TV and the system, so it, it just was a lot of like fiddling with the games, and then Destiny has it had this was pre-patch. I, now that they've upgraded it, it actually works smooth flawlessly. But yeah, Destiny Two had its own set of problems with how you had to like. Oh, it's technically bracing its brightness off of the non HDR settings, so you need to like turn HDR off and then go into Destiny and then set the brightness and then go back to Destiny. And actually the the black bar means nothing. You have to like set it in the dead center. It was just a lot of that stuff that having not upgraded in seven years had been like a headache getting my pet around.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but anyway, anyway, so you're experiencing all the beauty. Um, so I'm gonna talk about Cyberpunk now. Um and this is this is an interesting story, and this is there's all there's a lot to talk about with Cyberpunk. Do we want to talk about that last or what?
0: We can end with Cyberpunk. I'd be okay. fine because most Cyberpunk. of my other stuff is pretty brief. I think. Okay, go ahead. Uh, let's see. What do I got? Um, I'm finally playing Ori in the Blind Forest um, and really enjoying it.
1: Uh, I really want to play that too, and I, I've seen the beginning intro, so I've already been sad about that. So I that was one. That. that was one of the
0: biggest reasons I, I waited to play it so long. I was like, I don't want to sit through that sad. It's so sad, sad intro again, because um, I, I fiddled with it a little when it came out, and Me then I kind of fell off of it. But I'm really enjoying it this time. It is a really well-made Metroidvania, um, and I'm excited okay. to be able to go right into Will of the Wisps because they're both on Game Pass.
1: You think you're uh, going to play both back to back? Maybe not immediately. Of, a lot of Ori, man.
0: Ori is <laughs> not that long of a game. Okay. Okay. It's it's honestly pretty short. Um,
1: I'm glad you have Game Pass and are keeping it more than a month, though, dude.
0: We'll see. I mean, honestly, I'm still not playing that. Like m- most of what I'm playing is not on Game Pass. So I'm like, dude, Elder Scrolls <laughs> just hit. I mean, I don't want to play I don't want to play Skyrim again.
1: I don't know. All right.
0: Um I've been playing a lot of Hitman too. That's one of those games where the 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 new loading times really do make it a different experience because if I screw up or if I want to do something differently, like save scrubbing is so much faster. Um that it makes it more feasible than when it used to be like 30 seconds between reloading. Um, so I can try out a lot more. It makes it a more enjoyable sandbox, which is always Hitman's goal. is just kind of let you do what you want and figure stuff out. And it's easier to do that and experiment. Um, I, I I hadn't done the last map in Hitman. so uh, The last DLC map. So I finally did that. Really enjoyed that location. Very excited for Hitman 3 like one of my most anticipated games.
1: Hey, so let me let me ask you about Hitman. Um I have since we've last talked, I've now actually done like a legit walk through like like dive into Hitman 1. Uh, so I got Hitman 1 and 2 for I got 2 for really cheap and I went back to 1 to play it. Um and I played the first four missions I think. I think I did just you, finished the, Go
0: ahead. Did you play Hitman 1 in Hitman, in Hitman 2 or did in you Hitman 1? 1 okay. because
1: I don't think I'm going to get the story if I do it in 2.
0: No, you do. It, it it's it's it transitions seamlessly, but I mean that's fine. It's not a big deal. It's, it's not, not like it's, it's not unlocks.
1: Sh- but I'm not that into that kind of thing yet. So, like, do I really need to care about the unlocks or are they really important?
0: Oh no, no, no. I just it, you know I I've been replaying a lot of them because I enjoy them. But like, it's not like the story's any different. It still presents the story the exact same. Way. Oh, it does. So when you
1: play, so when you play within Hitman Two. It does the full story. Because what happened to me is, I loaded up Hitman 2 and it was like, do you want to know what happened up to this point? And I was like, no! Fuck! And I closed it down.
0: No, no, and- yeah. If you if you play, because you can choose Hitman 1 campaign, Hitman 2 campaign, Patient Zero campaign, they're all, like, there. And you can play through them in the order intended with the cutscenes and everything.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. That's awesome. That's so unfortunate. It
0: just- presented it that way.
1: But... Yeah, that's that's too bad that it's like do you want to get caught up. No, dude, don't fuck up my experience. Anyway, not that the story is that important.
0: It's not a big deal. It really yeah, isn't. I. Yeah. It's just. It's mainly the small mechanical details because they they like back built the maps to have like things like the the tall grass cover and the briefcase and all the little things they added.
1: Yeah, which will be. I mean, I'll, I'll play them again. I'm sure because I'm not going that deep in the first one. I'm not like getting like I know the way you played it was like you. So that, so okay, so that's that's what I wanted to get to. So I liked it a lot, and I was starting to get that itch of like, "Oh, I'm really enjoying this. Let me play it again." And then I got to that one where you, um, where you have to like go down into like the lab.
0: Sapiens. Um, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and the lab sucks. Um, and so, at least I think the lab sucks. I like that level. Like, I like all the different things you can do to both him and her. But when I get to that lab, I'm like, there's only one way to do this, and it's that same thing, and I don't know. So I I got a little turned off by that, but really the reason I stopped was I started playing other things also. But what I want to understand from you is I remember when the games came out, you were having so much fun playing, like, each map for an extended period of time. And I want to know how you tackle each map for the first time. Like, what is your operating procedure? Do you do all the opportunities first? Do you do all the something else's first?
0: How do you do it? Um, for me, I typically first time through, I just let what happens happen because it's more fun. I don't look at challenges or anything like that. Um,
1: you do look at the, at the opportunities though that you find.
0: Oh yeah. Mission stories. I typically just wander the map. I see what there is. If I, when I run into an encounter, I listen to it and typically I'll just go do that because I think it's, you know, they're, they're there for a reason to kind of teach you the level a little bit before you start going off on your own. I typically run through the mission stories because, again, they're they're also usually very fun. They have the mo- that's where you're going to get the the lore bits. Quote unquote. I mean, it's Hitman. This, the lore's not
1: stellar, no, but it's but it's, 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 interesting. A, it's a funny
0: game. It's yeah. more for the like dark humor that you want to do that stuff.
1: So. When you say um, the story stuff, you mean the opportunities?
0: Well, the opportunities, and then like yeah, because if you know, like in the first mission, you might overhear a phone call and they're talking about you know, stuff for the part or whatever. I mean, again, I don't care about the Hitman 2 story, really. Uh, but I, I enjoy the stories of the world and, like, yeah, the stories of the opportunities and the missions and the progressions there. Yeah. Um, and then just the comical stuff. After that, after I've done the stories, I will typically... I'll look at the assassinations and I'll be like, okay, what does it want me to do? Can I figure this out on my own? And I usually will try to figure stuff out on my own. And then for some of them, it's like they're either redacted where they're so wildly specific that I just look stuff up. Cause I'm like, you know, I want to do this. Um, and sometimes I'll just get them out of the way. So like, there's one in, um, the, the last DLC map. There's a thing where you can like become a doctor to get to one of the patients. Um, and you can either poison his pills or strangle him with a stethoscope. And so I just like, will save scrub and, and do one and then do the other. Cause you still get credit oh, for yeah. everything once you've done it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's because I'm not it's not like you're ever hurting for things to do in that game. Because there's oh, so many challenges and then you have escalations and then you have the bonus missions. Sapiens is so interesting because it's like most people's favorite map in the entire series right now. Really? Um, as a map. And yeah, I think the, the lab part kind of sucks because there really are only so many ways to get down there and do what you have to do. Um, and I typically hate objectives like that. Yeah. Because uh, it's more just like a, I think what's obvious, uh, once I unlocked it, I was just like, I'm just going to start in the lab and get this done, and then go play the actual level.
1: Oh, okay. I um, you could do that. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's one of the later mastery starting points is to start as a lab technician. Um,
1: oh, so but... that's how. So that's how. So so I thought that you really had to do it in a certain order though, because things would opportunities would end.
0: Sometimes that comes up, but for the most part. Unless the mission, like, specifically notes, oh, this person will try to leave, or, oh, they're doing this. Mostly, you can, you you have a lot of time. It really is a lot of wiggle room before things run out.
1: That's cool. That's good to know.
0: Yeah. Um, because, and I mean, you've seen the Hitman documentary, the way they, like, built the loops for the different characters. I and how to they... watch
1: it again now that I've played more of it. I did watch it, but I didn't have the context of playing it a lot to really get it.
0: Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I just kind of mess around, and, and now that I've played every map, I can jump around a little more. I still have my favorites. I love Paris, Sapienza, um, Marrakesh. Those are like my three. And, and a lot of that comes down to having played them the most because they were the first in the order. Um, that said, most people hate Colorado. It's probably the most reviled map in the whole.
1: Uh, Which is the one where you're going to kill that rock star in a hotel? I
0: haven't done that one yet, but... No, that's Mumbai. Okay. Is that Colorado... I like it okay. It, it again, it kind of has that restriction problem, yeah. but that, that's that's them taking swings. I don't think it's bad. And sometimes the alternate missions, because pretty much every map has all, an alternate mission or two at this point, uh, that like redresses it with a new story. Oh, <laughs> that's what another reason Sapiens is popular. It has four different variants. Really? Um, yes. So it's where do it, you find those? If you just like, sc- well. I don't know with Hitman 1. Be... No, some of it was free. So like on Paris, if you go all the way to the right past the escalations, it should say Holiday Hoarders. Okay. And it like redresses it as Christmas time and you're trying to find the wet bandits from Home Alone. I mean, it's not them legally, but it is. <laughs> and also Santa Claus is on the map and you can I'm like so get glad dips. I asked
1: you about this. This sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. So sometimes those are fun. Um, I'm a fan, personally, of the more compact maps with things to do. Like, a lot of people really like the big sprawling ones, but I feel like they can be exhausting to run through a lot, but I love Marrakesh because it's so focused. Or I love um, my favorite map in the second one. Actually, it might be Haven Island now. I'm really enjoying the last DLC map, but I love Whittleton Creek, which is like the small suburban town. Um, And it's... uh, yeah, I just I, I, I would, do would
1: recommend that I tackle it. So I've done the first three missions or so in, in one. I have three to go, um, and I want to have a good time. I want to do it – I'm going to kind of play it like you do, a little less hardcore, but similar. What would you recommend I do?
0: I mean, I would say at this point just go with Mumbai. I say do what you like. If, like, if you like one of the maps, spend more time on it, but if not um, – if you want to be a little less hardcore, I just say play through each one once. The mission stories make it very easy, and then you can get a sense of which map you like, and then you can play around in that. And that's typically where I have the most fun—is just being like, because again, there's a lot of content for each map. The escalations are fun to figure out; they're like puzzles, um, and sometimes they can get ridiculous, but uh, they're just—they're just fun things to do. Um, awesome.
1: So that's what. So you just. You just go in. You try to do all. Do you try to do all the opportunities at least? You want to. You check all of those off, right?
0: Yeah, for the mission stories, I'll I'll typically get those. Why do you call them mission
1: stories? Am I am I saying it wrong? I thought when you I thought when you go like hear something, it says opportunity revealing, and they're called oh yeah,
0: mission story is like they're both right. Mission stories is just what they're called in the menu. And it might be different in the first Hitman. I forget they're called mission stories in two for sure. Okay,
1: that that that's the difference then. That's why I'm confused. Okay.
0: Um, But yeah, I do those. And I just, yeah, I mess around. Like, I'll I'll jump around. I'll probably play Hitman 2 tonight because I'm really into it. And that's what I love about that game. I've been consistently playing it on and off for the past four years now. Because it's just so much fun to come back to. I'm very excited for the third one. Um,
1: By the way, you've played all the maps extensively now in all in both one and two?
0: Not super extensively. Again, I haven't spent a lot of time in Colorado or Hokkaido in the first one, and I haven't spent a lot of time in um, – oh, it's a South American map in the second one. The ones that, again, I think two targets is the sweet spot. I don't typically like three-target maps, although Haven yeah. Island is a three-target map, and I really like it. So it just comes down to preference. They've built a lot of playgrounds, and it's it's just, just a matter of figuring out... I think the escalations are fun after you've done the map a couple times because mm-hmm. it can they can help you learn specific parts of the map in ways that the, the main mission won't. Awesome. Uh,
1: I'll do so. that then. So I'll do a couple opportunities through. Um, or, or mission stories, and then move on to some escalations and, like, play around with that. But you're not trying to get 100%. You did that on Paris, but other than that, you're not trying to get 100%, you personally.
0: Not not typically. I mean, again, it, it's kind of like it's a game that I love coming back to. I, I I feel confident saying that when Hitman 3 comes out, I probably won't play all the maps before I, like, take a break because I get – it's it's exhausting, too. That was the thing. The, the first one – I would play the map so intensely that the once I was done with Paris, I had to take a break because the thought of learning a new map was so exhausting uh-huh. to consider, Yeah, which is why I've tried to be a little less rigid so that I can kind of bounce around and have more fun.
1: That, I got you. Perfect.
0: Perfect. That's exactly what I needed to know. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, and what else you been playing? I finished Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Ooh, that, that is so a game. So good. Yes, my big flaw with that game is I don't think they should let you go to Dathomir at the beginning. I think is that, that real- be- why is that so bad? It's just a little diversion. If you want to go, I didn't. I did though, and the game, if 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 that was an option throughout the game, where you could try to go places and get oh, rewards early, and it's more challenging, sure. But Dathomir is just it is like the fourth or fifth planet in the rotation. It is harder. And you really can't do a lot when you go there the first time, even though there's a lot to explore. So you don't get much out of it outside of some chests. And I just feel like it hurts the flow. And it it is a game that ultimately is kind of Metroidvania-y in that you can backtrack and then find things. But at the beginning, it just feels like they're trying to set up this illusion of choice when it it really is a a strictly linear story game. Um, Because the ability to explore comes after the fact. Um... And I just feel like it hurts the pacing. And I do feel like that game is is generally pretty weak at the beginning because everyone's so guarded, and you don't learn a lot until I'd say about your first visit to uh, Kashyyyk is when it starts to pick up, which is about when I pause. Uh, but the back half of that game is excellent. Like once you start getting abilities, and you can get things like Force Push and Pull, um, and you get new sort of or lightsaber abilities and all that stuff, it 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 opens up really nicely. Um, it becomes just really good Star Wars. I really like the characters. Um,
1: I'm really surprised. You were just like not into it before.
0: I wasn't. I'm, But I'm willing to admit it gets better. Um, and yeah, The Mandalorian is a big part of why I decided to play it. Because there's a non-zero chance that it'll be relevant to that show. Why
1: do you say non-zero? Uh, what does that mean?
0: Just, I mean, I don't think it's super likely. But last week's Mandalorian heavily referenced the, the story campaign of Battlefront 2. So, you know, <laughs> okay. you never know. And and based on plot stuff, there is a the potential for a Jedi like Cal Kestis to show up on that show.
1: Interesting. Okay, cool. <coughs> but that's I
0: really, really enjoyed really
1: it. That's a really out there reason. But hey, if you were just in the mood for Star Wars because you're liking The Mandalorian, that's also fair, you know?
0: I Listen, I, I, I legitimately, I think it is a possibility when you see that <laughs> they've been bringing actors who played animated characters in to play them in live action i don't think it's crazy to think television actor um cameron monaghan might get cast to play his star wars character in a tv show i'm glad you got that down on tape
1: because if that happens holy fuck (laughs)
0: um yeah i really like jedi fallen order um i think it has flaws though the fact that they never just say f But have some fast travel is frustrating because the levels are not built well enough to make it exciting to explore because they are very much like you have to you're you're basically always punching into a planet and that that made it a little exhausting at the end because every time you would go back to a planet it's like all right let's run through these areas i've already been through before i get back to the big door the other side of the map
1: you're right and also the map is not good enough
0: no, it's um. it's not great to look at or figure out where you're missing things.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Um, enough. But that said, I love the combat so much, and I love like finding <laughs> all the items, and I just love that. I just found that game incredibly fun to play. I thought the story yeah. was okay, but the fun factor was off the cha- off the charts. Yeah, it
0: wasn't it wasn't wildly original, but it it was solidly written and performed. Um, I did. It was funny. I did not. I thought I was. I was like, "Oh, I'm at five stim packs." That and I was at the end of the game. That's probably the max. And then I found out afterwards it goes up to ten. And I was like, "I missed a lot of treasure." Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't feel like. I wish it was a little. I wish there were more challenging opponents throughout. Um, and I, I feel like there are times. Again, it's it's quibbles. I overall really enjoyed it. Uh, but because I enjoyed that, I I still kind of wanted Star Wars. So I downloaded Battlefront 2. and I just started that campaign last night.
1: There's a campaign, yeah. I thought it wasn't really
0: that. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good campaign, but it is a story campaign. They have Hollywood, um, they have actors again doing mocap and and presenting the story. Um, you play as a um, agent of the Empire post the Battle of Endor, and it's kind of her disillusionment with what the Empire was and is becoming. And that—that's kind of the thrust of the story. How's the gameplay? <laughs> it's fine. It's very arcadey. Battle—I've never been that excited by the Battlefront games, but um, again, the 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 narrative thrust of that game was focused on in the Mandalorian last week. Not like in a major way, but it was—is was like, oh, we talked about basically the the main plot point of that game as a as a backstory for a character. So you know. Star Wars is weird. It's getting way. So it's getting so weirdly integrated with itself.
1: Yeah, I, I have I have some interesting theories on, uh, on our uh, opinions. we we'll could talk about it another day that we've been going on a while, but yeah. I have some interesting opinions on on their their huge, like quadruple down on television. And and, you know, they Mandalorian is successful. And all of a sudden, like every single thing has to be like on TV and similar. I just pisses me off. But um, mm-hmm. I I just think that's I just think they have a problem where they're like Ooh, we like trilogies let's make five trilogies, oh, well oh uh, Mandalorian is really popular um let's just assume that like five other Mandalorian type shows would be just as popular
0: I don't even think it's that it's I think they're a streaming service that needs to have original content well then why are
1: there people... very few movies then where are the trilogies gone. You know, they've specifically said, I've heard the words out of their mouth, we're really moving towards television
0: instead of movies. Yeah, like, and, and it is a streaming service, and a movie is a one-drop. A streaming service can be like, okay, you've got a, we've got eight to 20 eight, no, eight to drops over three months. Disney Plus is a streaming service, but Disney puts
1: out movies and they do. TV shows.
0: Movies are coming. They announced several movies last week.
1: Yeah, I yeah I I I think they I think they I mean I just think there's way too many TV shows too fast I just think they do I don't things disagree. too quickly I think they I do things clear. too quickly
0: Yeah I don't love the prospect that their goal is every single week there will be an episode of Star Wars and an episode of Marvel I don't love that I think you need breaks and you need time to breathe.
1: Yeah. And you need, and you need like to pick the best ideas out of the nine ideas and then maybe have three shows that are the best three, but whatever. I mean, it's fine. It's you But know, they
0: don't, they don't want a CBS all access where people wait till a new season is over and then come in for like a weekend and then go away again. That's what I do with Star Trek, but Star Trek's even getting there where they're like, we want an episode of Star Trek every week. And I think there basically has been an episode of Star Trek every week since like April. Hmm. So, okay.
1: well, I, that's anyway. the way
0: it's going generally. I mean, yes, Disney is part of it, and I think it is bad, but I mean, that's just the way entertainment is going because of the Netflix effect. Right. Cool. And that's all other conversation. Any so, other? Uh, any other um, games? Last game, Destiny Two. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I haven't talked about it on here, but yeah, I got really into it again because um, all the content was getting vaulted, so replayed through that and. <clears throat> It's a brand new game. Like people have been saying, Europa is a great new location. The Stasis powers are super fun, and it shows how forward thinking they are in terms of like really changing up the gameplay and what they want to do with future expansions. Um, the uh, seasonal events are fun. The the story was really good for Europa, and relative to Destiny. I'm not saying it's like Shakespearean or anything, but it was a, it was a solid sci-fi campaign um, with a good post game so far. I mean. I, I think if you're a super hardcore Destiny player, it's always going to have that content problem, especially now that they've taken planets away. Um, I get it, but I think they've made a more focused experience uh, that is really super fun. I've play, been playing Destiny 2 pretty consistently for the past month and a half, excuse me, month and a half. So um, yeah, I, I just really love where that game is at, and yeah, it's fun.
1: I'm going uh, to reenter some Destiny at some point soon. Um, I've heard. I've just heard enough people talking about how cool the Europa stuff is, um, and uh, it's it's time to dive back in. Especially because now also I get the added benefit of getting to experience the game in like the PC way, with like the expanded um, uh, field of view and the frame rate and all those cool things that PC have had for all the couple years. It'll feel ve- like a very different game. So now I'm really excited to try it again yeah, soon. Yeah, it's really good. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll just uh, fill in my last little gaps. Um, I played um, Forza just to play a little bit of a racing game, fell off that in about five minutes. Um, <laughs> I um, I played um, Call of the Sea, which is like a new game that's on um, Game Pass. Uh, I just started
0: that, too. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah,
1: uh, it's very basic, but it's good. Um, and um, it's like an easier it almost feels like an easier, more story driven version of um, The Witness in a way. And um, I'm also playing the Raven Remastered, which is like the biggest fucking love letter to Agatha Christie that ever existed. Um, and it's really That's a cool.
0: solid, solid game. You've played it years ago. Well, back when it was on PC when I was in my adventure. What am I adventure game kicks? Really? That's the one with you play as like the dude with the he's like kind of port lady has the mustache.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's essentially yeah, yeah. Poirot, but not Poirot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hmm. i've been wanting to re-download it because i didn't ever finish it but i played through like the first episode and enjoyed it
1: yeah it's cool um but i want to uh i want to i'm going to get all the way through it's just a little slow slow going it's just not very modern maybe called remastered but man it it it, it, it's it's very five years it's very
0: oh no i was gonna say it's very 90s adventure game yeah even
1: the way you move around and like you know it's it's just yeah it's it's old school anyway yeah so there's that um and there's a couple other things that I that I uh, oh I got to talk about Godfall. Um, so uh, I think a review that I saw online somewhere said like God awful. Um, it's pretty <laughs> fun, dude. I don't know what they're talking about. Like it's pretty fun. It's got good combat. It's a good uh, you know sort of hack and slash like Destiny esque with loot. Um, a little bit Warframe, a little bit Destiny. Excuse me, Destiny. But it's like a it's like a melee game. Um, it's fun, you know. It's not. Um, it's not unfun. I think it's getting a, a bad rap. But also, it's very samey, so I kind of fell off of it. And the story is terrible. So It's fun, though. If you want some combat, to, if you get it for 20 bucks one day rather than the full price that I paid, um, it would be a good game to play. And it's gorgeous on <laughs> PS5. It's maybe the most next-gen-looking game mm-hmm. um, that I've played. I also recently picked up the new Devil May Cry 5 because I never played it. And now is the time to play it. Sure. Um, but I haven't touched it yet. So we'll get there. For nice. Time. But um, not to hardcore bury the lead... But I played Cyberpunk. Have you? Nope. Not getting Cyberpunk. Nope. Come
0: on. I even don't.
1: Curious. You love I... Fallout. It's I so Fallout.
0: <laughs> I love Fallout. Look, I will be straight. I don't. I I think they burned a lot of goodwill with their shitty marketing campaign. Not for me. Again, not for most people. I think it worked. But I didn't love their marketing campaign. They've had a lot of behind-the-scenes issues that has just made it seem like, ugh, um. And I've just not been interested in it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I can see that. I'm not going to. So I, you know, I, I'll leave all the political stuff aside and just talk about the game. Although I do think you can't talk about that game without talking about this launch. Um, and just from a news perspective, have you heard about what's been going on? No, they they shit the bed. I mean, they they released PS4 and Xbox One versions that are not nigh-unplayable. They are unplayable. Um, They're unplayably bad. They're 10 10, um, frames per second when you get into heated combat. They're unplayable. Um, Not only that, but this company that, like, throws away a lot, quote-unquote, throws away a lot of money to be customer-friendly. Like, by saying, like, yeah, you automatically get an upgrade to the new Cyberpunk. Of course you do. The next-gen version is just free. Or 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 that you know Witcher 3 you know they gave it away in bunches of different ways and you're if you have the game you automatically get an upgrade to the new version like they're very co- consumer friendly and they get tons of props for that good old games gives away free games and they're very consumer friendly you can return games for like a long time their their whole company is built around consumer friendliness and yet this was the like least friendly fucking launch That there ever was like I just can't even believe that they did not allow people to review those versions because they knew that they would review horrendously and it would completely tank their launch. And now they're trying to like apologize and promise refunds. But oh, wait, they can't promise refunds. So now they're and they don't want to really refund because their investors are pissed. So it's just like a complete fucking clusterfuck. And it's like everything that they all the goodwill they built up, they're going to kill over nothing. Over fucking shit. Just delay the old gen versions, man. I mean, they fucked up. They fucked up.
0: Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. Everything about it. Like I said, I. I wasn't. I wasn't on board with the fact that they. Um. Had cyber. They. They were like using cyberpunk as set dressing without. From the way they were presenting it, really engaging with the themes, and I don't think it's even bringing anything up political when you base your game on like, look how forward thinking where you can choose your genitals and like that's that's a big deal when you and then you, you have this whole issue of like how poorly you're representing trans identities that's kind of shitty and I and then to see the game come out and not you know perform well it just seems like this is a company that should have been able to not do no wrong but arguably made the most beloved one of the contenders for the most beloved game of the last generation um,
1: and through all their practices, were one of the most beloved developers of the last generation. And they'll win it all back. I mean, they'll do something. They'll realize they have to fix this, and they'll fix it. They'll make it up to people somehow. They'll give away freebies to PS4 and Xbox. They'll do something. They will fix that. They're never going to fully undo the damage, but they'll get their goodwill back probably over time. This is the kind of game that, I mean, Witcher uh, 3 launched with tons of bugs as well. They're a company, CJ Project Red, that gets way more props than I think they've ever earned. Um, Witcher 3 is a brilliant game but it's mainly brilliant because of the story it's really fun to play but it's really the writing that sells that game Like the, 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 the swordplay I enjoy it a lot but it isn't great um, you know and the world is cool but it's not like oh my god you know it's just, it's just like it's all story that's really what makes that game and the, and the mature decisions you get to make and the character and a lot of that is the source material anyway moving forward to Cyberpunk so the first two or three hours of this game Um, are pretty boring Um, not only that but the world is dark and gloomy and it's like if tron turned the lights off like that's what it that's what it feels like it's just like dark corridors and it doesn't look or feel very next gen by the way i'm playing it on series x which is the absolute best you can play it on except for pc um and you know, it, it just, I'm playing it on quality mode because I'm not worried about 60 frames. 30 is fine for me because it's more of a narrative kind of game. So I want it to look beautiful and explore this great world. But quite frankly, until I started getting deeper into the story, I was like, this is not very good. I don't get it. Um, now that I've gotten into the story more, I'm a couple missions in. I'm liking it a whole fucking lot more. And I'm starting to really get into the systems and really start to enjoy it. But this is a game, once again, if you really get down to it, it's all about the story and the missions and the characters and the upgrades and the systems. But it is not about, like, it's not that pretty. And I get, like, it's got, I, I've just never seen a game be so taxing on a, on a, on a, you know, system architecture and get and give me personally so little to enjoy looking at. <laughs> um, it's crazy. It really is. I don't get like why they went with this look. You know what it looks a lot like? And this is the other ugliest fucking game ever that everybody loves. Um, is that game with uh, Ricker Hauer Howard um, system reboot? Uh, what's what is that? Observer? Yeah, Observer. I, I, I bounced off it the first time because I can't even fucking see what I'm looking at on the screen. It's so blurry and like... Like, for some reason, Cyberpunk has to mean like, blurry and dark. And I don't get why that is. Like, make it sharp and, and vibrant and neon and bright and, and like, futuristic. It doesn't have to be drab and fucking... I don't know. They it's, it's clearly a choice they made. Both these games are the same way, and I can't fucking believe it in either case. Um, That said, now that I'm playing it, now that I'm getting into it, I'm really enjoying it. But... Even still, it's like you can create your own V, like V is the main character. You can make him look however you want, except that they all kind of look like the same dude. Um, and, like, like, I couldn't really make my guy look different. I tried all the different faces. Yeah, you can change skin tone. Yeah, you can change haircut. But at the end of the day, he's just like an asshole, <laughs> you know. He just looks like a fucking dick. And it doesn't help that the, uh, that the voiceover guy is, like, the most one-tone asshole voice you've ever heard. He's just like he just like rolls up to people and he's like, "Yeah, I guess this wasn't a good idea. I uh, I'm going to tell Dex what I think of him." And just like like that's how he talks. Every line. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like you you probably won't remember this. He sounds like the voice actor they changed to for Infamous 2. Um and and he I forget the guy's name. It's not the voice actor for this one, but he just sounds so one-note. Now I've heard that the female V is way better. Um But I've listened to her, and she's all fucking hard-nosed, too. I just think I'm bouncing off the tone of this game a little bit. Mm -hmm. That said, um, the story is getting me back. And I'm enjoying the combat. I'm enjoying the gameplay. I'm enjoying the choices and the leveling up. And I'm finally understanding the hacking. It's a very complex game. Like, you get in there, and it's in-fucking-penetrable. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's not showing me what I'm doing. And it's like, one time I I hold the left button to, like, scan, and there's, like, 15... uh, hacking options and like some of them are redded out and i don't know why and then all of a sudden like i go to a different place and there's only three options and i'm finally starting to understand why that is there's a hacking mini game that i still don't fucking understand but you know what that's okay because they're usually too simplistic so at least there's some depth there Mm -hmm. all i have to say is this there's a video if you want to have a little fun there's a video that david joffey did where he just like rips the shit out of cyberpunk 2077 and uh, people are pissed as fuck at him because he's just like, this game is fucking boring. He goes, yeah, it's an RPG. It's a story game. That does not give them the fucking right to bore me for two and a half fucking hours. I don't give a <laughs> fuck if it's CG Project Red. You know. And he just goes on and on and on about it. And he's just like, and he's like, I'm not an idiot. I know who CG Project Red is. He goes, I like RPGs. Wasteland 3 was one of my top ten this year. This game is fucking boring. And then he, and then he goes and calls it a GTA clone which is actually super out of touch for him to say that. But he makes some interesting points also. Essentially, though, it's just interesting. That guy has, like, fallen so far. (laughs) I just don't know how you fall as far as that guy did. Oh, wait, yes, I do. You make Drawn to death. Um, But, you know, it's it's just the game is – it's it's divisive and yet like it's got a ninety one on Metacritic. Like it had the worst launch ever, yet it's got a ninety one on Metacritic. It it like is a complete fuck fuck up in many ways. It's dark and gloomy and uh, the tone is whack, and yet it sold fifty million dollars worth of copies in like two days. So I mean, go figure. What do I know? You know.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. I I don't know.
1: We'll see. I I do know this. It's my go-to game. Like, when I get on my console, I want to play that, and I want to go through this story and meet these characters and experience this world. But it's it's more the narrative world that I'm interested in, more than this amazing Night City they talk about. Oh, it's got so much so much height and, like, depth, and there's so many places you can go. Not really. You know? I don't know. I got to play more of it. I'm only, like, four I mean, hours, five hours in, so it's really not fair. This is just my very early impressions. You know, look.
0: A, a game world's only as good as the stuff you fill it with. So... Mm. This is true, but anyway,
1: the story is is picking up, and that's what's doing it for me. Um, I hope it just continues to be uh, to be good. So we'll see. I, I'm I really am bummed that we won't be able to talk about it together. You need to play it at some point, man.
0: I mean, if there's a bargain bin sale on it at some point in the future, I just have zero interest in it. I, wow. I don't. Care. All I right, can't, man. I Again, I, they burned all the goodwill, and I just it, no one seems that. Wildly blown away by it either, so I'm just like, all right, it's there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can certainly. I'll tell you what. When I was playing those first couple hours, I was starting to like. I was thinking about what you'd said about it, and I was like, wow, is it possible <laughs> that that he's right and this is the most unpleasant game ever made? Um, people just like have been fooled by the ads for seven years, and and no, it's it, it really does get good. Um, but I'm sure
0: it's fine. I mean, they, yeah. they again, they made The Witcher. I doubt they could completely fuck it up. But apparently, I mean, <laughs> they certainly didn't do great. It's uh, it's 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 weird, and the other thing that I would say about it, I'm
1: really having trouble, tough time articulating. I think once I play more, I'll have, be better at it. But it's got this thing where it's like, like two steps forward and like two and a half steps back. Like there, there are some things that are very forward thinking and cool and never been done before, and then there's a lot of things where it's like, man, is this clunky, this interface? Oh my god. And, like, man, is this save system, like, weird and archaic. You know, Witcher was like that, too. For its time, it was way ahead in some areas, and it felt very archaic in others, you know? Another thing, too, about um, Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red is, I have read this, and it is definitely true, and this launch bears it out. They are a PC-first company. They make games for PC first and then consoles, and they're still doing that. They're one of the few developers that's still doing it that way. Um, And it really shows in this game, like, the interface is very PC-based. So mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, like the loot screen and the, the, the menus and all of it. So I think over time it'll get better and better. Um, and uh, I'm just glad I have a console I can play it on. My friend who has a PS4, I just talked to her and she goes, yeah, I think my mom got it for me for Christmas, but I guess I'll have to return it. Because Ooh. God knows when it's going to be playable. And yeah. she doesn't have a PS5. Oh, wait, she can't even buy one because they're not even available in stores. I mean it's just it's crazy. Hey, let's 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 end on that. First first any final notes on next gen and then also what do you think about the scarcity and how hard it is to get and the,
0: and all that shit? Um You know, it it it's not surprising. I mean yeah. I, I think you make what you make and you get it to where you can get it and it's it's unfortunate the pre ordered blitzes are still happening. Uh, I think just the other day, it was either Best Buy or Walmart had more in stock, and it was a whole run again.
1: Ugh.
0: Um, you know, I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't know what you plan for, but it was a pandemic, and, and it's like, do you plan for the fact that people don't have money, or do you plan for the fact that people desperately want something to do and a new toy to, to distract them? Maybe there's some element of that, but... um. I don't know. I mean I it, I haven't been following because I was able I was lucky enough to get mine in that first pre order and I just haven't been thinking about a PS five. So but but to yeah. me it's unfortunate. Um hopefully they just keep doing better, but you know.
1: Oh, I know another interesting thought. Do you think that uh the um the Switch Pro is coming out in March and that maybe Breath of the Wild may be out in the March in March?
0: Breath of the Wild two?
1: Yeah, that's what somebody said. It seems uh, really way
0: too soon, but I think they would have announced it by now. Yeah. I, I don't, like, especially with, uh, I. No, it's I too could, soon. I could see, I could see maybe the system dropping. I could see that, but I don't think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be do out. Do you think There's they're
1: no going to do a, a Switch Pro, and do you think it's this year?
0: Um, maybe.
1: I really hope so.
0: I, I'm i not hurting for a updated Switch, but, you know. I think that is the sort of thing that that seems like this will be the year they do it. Yeah. I think you let the heat die off, new generation, and you know the Switch is certainly its own thing. That's a bit, Nintendo has pivoted away from giving any kind of a shit about what the other two consoles are doing. Yeah. So I think they're going to do what they do, and it's remember, Nintendo.
1: Remember the uh, remember the GameCube era when it was like it was kind of like they were trying to like be like the third console. Yeah, that was weird.
0: Um. More I certainly. mean, Nintendo, they could have a direct tomorrow where they just drop it. So, so who knows?
1: No, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, this was fun. Um, yeah. Great to great to catch up and talk about games. And I'm glad we have for posterity for listeners and for ourselves how we felt about next gen, man, because so much is going to change and um, so many things are going to update. And who knows? You know, we, we could be talking in two years and it'll be, you know, there's a new Xbox Series Y or Series X2 or whatever coming out and so much shit can change so we'll see yeah, man sky's we'll the see. limit but it's a great time to be a gamer i feel like we always say that but it's true it just gets more true absolutely awesome cool man well hey um as uh, my name is rich lapore
0: and <laughs> i'm jordan elsaka
1: all right have a good one man
0: night